Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 125 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I am joined this week by Toby Anderson. Hello. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going all right. Thank you very much. Literally until the last five minutes, I've been fighting with a small, small baby about whether or not he wants to go to sleep in time for this podcast. <laughs> uh, You've been fighting your baby. That's not fighting like fatherhood. <laughs> you know, like uh, he doesn't want to go to sleep and I want him to go to sleep. So we've been doing lullabies and we've been doing, um, what else have we been doing? Like little, little jigs around or walk around the house and stuff. All the things you try and do to get a baby to go to sleep. Hmm. And he nice. did it just in just in time. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Lovely stuff. It's Miles Thompson. Hello, sir. How you doing, bud? I'm okay, thank you. And yourself? I'm okay. Voice thank broke you. horribly there. I don't yeah, know it really I'm... did. Oh, oh my god. Oh. Hi, Ross. How you doing? Oh. Hi, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. How was your How was your week away? Uh, it was very nice, thank you. Uh, I went back to my homeland of Jersey. I say homeland, more like well, island. Um, for a wedding for my best friend uh, back from there and it was great got very very drunk on Saturday had to travel back on Sunday and that was a very pleasant experience as you can imagine with a horrific hangover it was glorious mm. great stuff K to the A to the T K B R to the F to the no no I'm bad at no. spelling <laughs> there's literally wow. three letters in my name wow <laughs> Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yep, there is. Yeah. Well, oh well, fuck that up. Never mind. Hi, Ross. It's okay. We'll move on. Hey, what's up? Um, how was how, how was your week in Jersey? Say yeah. nice things, I guess. I guess. You yeah. Nice yeah. Things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's good. I didn't have any milk, and I didn't see one brown cow. So I think it's a conspiracy that <laughs> uh, they're over there. I don't. Nice. I don't believe in Jersey cows. So I didn't see one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. All good. Thanks. How are you, Ross? Thank you so much for asking, Cap. I'm uh, I'm I'm doing well. I've um good. yeah, yeah, good. Can good. Can't well, complain. Nice. Well, if I sound a bit snotty, I'm very sorry. Um, I think I always sound like that, but it's extra, extra good today. Extra good. Is yeah, that the, extra good. Yeah. Is that the is that the word we're using? Yeah. Is it the husky yeah. sort okay. of you know Phoebe from Friends voice? Is oh no, but I could do that. But no, it, it's the it's the uh, it's the snot that I'm going to try and not share with you on the podcast. <laughs> okay okay well you've been talking about it for a minute so yes <laughs> we'll crack on um and of toby <laughs> i thought you'd blame cat <laughs> oh, no I, I can see that you she's savage. muted so <laughs> <laughs> why did you mute at that moment Kat? damn it and finally mr sean davies hey how's it going pal i'm all right and i've just been spending the last minute while cat talked about her flam mm. um you're trying to figure out how many podcasts we did of the PS Gamer podcast or how many we did of another site's podcast. We did 18 PS Gamecasts. It's because when you said this was episode 125, I had some kind of existential crisis mm-hmm. <laughs> where we haven't killed something for 125 episodes. I know. I want to just say congratulations. Uh, yeah, it's for pretty doing wild. 125 isn't it? of these. And that's not including all the specials and the reactions and stuff as well. You're a fucking legend for keeping this going for 125 episodes. Well done. Oh, man, that's very kind of you to say. Thank you very much. That's okay. I know this could be a pain in the arse some weeks, um, but, you know, I'm so chuffed that we've managed to keep this going for so long. Yeah. Well, give yourself some thanks as well, man. You're a huge part of it also. Ah, no, I just can't I turn up and t- torture you all with terrible quizzes. No, that's true. <laughs> it's my weekly delight. Fuck these guys. <laughs> Horrible questions this week. That's true. Yeah, man. 125 episodes of this thing. It's wild. 
crazy stuff. How are you doing? You okay this week? Yeah, I'm good. I've had a pretty quiet week. Not much to report. Um, I've played a lot of games this week, so I'm looking forward to talking about them very, very shortly. But we will get into Game of the Week right now, and I'll start from the top. Tommy Anderson, your Game of the Week. My Game of the Week is uh, Returnal. I'm finally going to be able to talk about Returnal. Oh, we're talking about Returnal again on the podcast. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to talk about it. That's the thing, because I didn't play it when it first came out. And the then new I've Sekiro, had other this things. game is, Jesus. Oh, that's a good thing. Um mm. Well, I've uh, spent most of September doing review games, like, uh, uh, way too many review games, and then didn't get a chance to play any of the games I'd actually bought with my own money. Um, so I thought, I'll get back to those. And the one I got back to was Returnal over the course of the last week. And it's fantastic. It's so good. It's seriously just, I was right back in there, like, uh, you know, it fit perfectly again. And I still had my skills and I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. It's a just fantastic sort of. It's, it's that arcadey feel to it. I think that that house mark brings that makes it so sort of satisfying to play. Um, it, rather than it needing, you know, it doesn't have all that complicated a story. You know, you, you'll you'll eventually get through, you know, some interesting parts of the story, but it doesn't. I, I wouldn't describe it as having, you know, sort of lots and lots of twists and turns and things or anything like that. But, you know, you get little payoffs at the end of each time you, you complete a certain bit. But it's that arcade shooter gameplay, the, um, you know, the, the, the amount of different guns and different types of fire and the different items you'll finally get. And then you can do another run based on the next thing you've earned. And it just has something in it that, that keeps me coming back again and again and again. I, um, I recently got to the very last biome this week. Um, of out of six biomes so i've not quite finished it not quite completed it but i've managed to reach it and that means i can then do my next run i can just go straight there almost so it's uh yeah it's really cool it's really cool more people should be playing returnal do you think it's been underappreciated i personally yes i've not Hmm. seen enough sort of saying how great it actually was i mean that there were some there were some good reviews weren't there there were there were some good reviews around at the time but we we're getting towards that time of the year aren't we ross that um we start picking our best games for the year. Oh, it's very exciting. Game of the year. Very, very exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder think... if it will be in my list. I think Returnal will be on a lot of people's game of the year lists for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was pretty. I'm pretty not that unique. out there with that then. Wow. You know, let's just say you are to me. You sound cool. Okay, cool. Uh, Miles Thompson, your game of the week. Hello, sir. Um, so mine, I've only played one game this week. Thanks to my little, uh, expedition away um so it's in sound mind which i think how dare you have a social life i know right who the hell do you think you are outside of video games i mean what am i doing with my time awful isn't it so yeah mine is in sound mind um it's coming out tomorrow today i don't don't, i'm not actually sure exactly when the release date exactly is um but it's gone live on the website for my review um and it's it's all right it's not good <laughs> um it's not amazing um but if you're into your psychological horrors or just horror games in general there's definitely something in here for you um mechanically it's not the best it's got quite a bit of combat and supposed stealth in it but it's all pretty clunky and just not very well executed as it tends to be in these kind of like slightly lower budget uh kind of horror focused games the narrative is good though it's pretty traditional horror stuff there's nothing in here that's overly surprising or particularly new but the way it delivers some of it is quite kind of clever and quirky 
Um, the main antagonist is like this kind of uh, skin scarred like dude who follows you around in like a, a this kind of really cool suit and this kind of top hat looking thing, and he just kind of phones you every kind of couple of minutes constantly and just kind of goads you and you know just basically belittles you the whole way through. Um, there's a couple of really kind of clever lines in it, and I thought it was quite well put together, quite well made considering it probably didn't have the highest budget it could have had. Um, and I don't want to spoil too too much because I think it is worth experiencing for yourself. But just go into it knowing it's not the best gameplay wise. It's got a lot of cool exploration, so you kind of earn kind of new gadgets and tools as you kind of work your way through the different parts. Um, and then you can go back to the kind of main hub world and kind of open up new optional areas. And weirdly, you can only get the actual weapons by exploring. So if you want to, you can actually just go through the game with a shard of glass as your only weapon. Um, so I thought that was quite a nice touch too. Um, but yeah, it's not amazing. It's not the best game you'll ever play, but I think it's worth it if you're into your psychological horror stuff and probably worth having a look at. Um, so yeah, that was mine. Awesome. Awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed your review. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it's, it. It's Armin. It's uh, up now on fingerguns.net. Go check it out. Just to Cat. put this out there. Sorry, ah! sorry, sorry, sorry. The, the game comes out on the 28th in Sound Mind. Ah, thank you. So it's up the day of this podcast. Up the day of this podcast. Yes. Yep. Perfect. Perfect England. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> up the day this podcast goes up uh cats your game of the week um so my game of the week is something that i can't talk about just yet so i'm gonna have to talk about a game that i wasn't allowed to talk about last week but i can talk about this week this right. is how this ro- works this is how i'm mm-hmm. gonna roll so <laughs> the game of the week that i have is Staxel. um Staxel was a lovely cute little kind of inspired by stardew valley um, Animal Crossing, kind of maybe part, you know, partially Minecraft with the way it looks. Yeah, it's kind of farming, kind of life simulator, and you can you kind of create your little characters, loads of customizable features, and you're kind of reconstructing an old farmhouse. Uh, the farmhouse is in a village, and you have to build everything. And to build everything, you have to construct most of the things. And to construct most of the things, you have to find most of the things. So for example, if you want to make a little wooden box, you have to um, get an axe to cut down a tree to sand into um, lumber. You have to get the lumber, and then you have to buy the nails, and then you have to combine the nails and the lumber, and that makes a little box. Um, it's a very in- intricate um you can get pets and you can pet the pets obviously and you actually have to pet the pets every day so there's like a day night kind of zone um kind of time lapse so like things will happen each day and you'll get mail and you'll get you know tasks and missions to do each day but you have to pet your pets so I got a cow and I've got a cat um and I'm gonna get more pets but right now my cow keeps like wandering off because my barn isn't like got any doors on it because I need to build the doors okay this is I'm learning okay it's it's tough okay my, my poor cow just keeps walking into the sea uh, <laughs> and then and then keeps saying he's hungry and I'm like well if you didn't if you didn't fuck off into the sea you'd be a bit less hungry um be able to feed them and yeah it's a pretty great game and your relationships uh matter as well so you can do like missions um for the villagers around um on the village and you know they'll give you things if you're kind of really friendly with them and you know if they're not so happy with you then maybe they'll say mean things to you um I haven't got as, as far as kind of having a bad relationship yet but um and there's like events that happen in the community as well which you can kind of, kind of go and explore so yeah it's a really intricate game you can collect bugs you can cook 
it's just it was it was really cool man um it's got the same visuals as minecraft so i've never played minecraft so that didn't really bother me it didn't really put me off but i can imagine that it might put some people off if they absolutely hate minecraft please don't let it put you off if you hate minecraft because i didn't play minecraft i don't minecraft doesn't doesn't no doesn't really invite me to want to play it but Staxel invites me because I love Stardew Valley I love I love the Sims I love um all of those kind of simulator kind of farming games um so it's great it's a great little island great little thing to, to work on I know it's been in development for quite some time I think always since kind of 2017 came out on Steam in 2018 and now it's come out on the Switch on the 23rd of September and my review is on fingerguns.net Ah, it does look very, very sweet. It is very cute. It's very lovely. Mm. It looks like one of those games. Like, I'm yeah. just going to kick back and play some Stacks Ultimate. Yeah, literally, that's what it is. It's like mm. if you had like a, a coach ride that was like 12 hours, that's the game that you're playing. It, it just, it's, yeah. If you need like a cozy autumn fall game where you want like a cut, you know, a little pumpkin spice latte and a candle. I mean, obviously that's what you do every Sunday, isn't it, Ross? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. You get your kind of fox blanket out and you're having your pumpkin spice latte with your incense and your candles. Um, that's the game that you should play because it's so such a cozy game. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's me. Lovely. Sean Davies, your game of the week. So, my game this week is going to be Not Tonight 2. Ooh! Tell me more. So, this is interesting. Um, If you've not played the first Not Tonight, it's a very political game about being a bouncer in post-Brexit UK. Where it's bleak as fuck. Um, Now, imagine that concept, but then applied to current state of America. (laughs) And (laughs) that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the the setup is is pretty brilliant. It starts kind of the same way the first one does. Uh, you kind of start with a bit of a story. In this one, a character is kind of taken hostage by a group called the Martyrs, who kind of round up um, immigrants and send them to concentration camps in America. And it, they are basically the ICE in, in all but name. So this, this guy that they round up, he's protesting the government and he's taken away from this protest and he's put in like a gulag in America. And he is an American citizen, but he has no proof on him at the time. So he's given 30 days to find proof or he's going to get deported to someplace, despite the fact that he <laughs> is actually American. So it's up to two friends basically to go across America uh, visiting various stops acting as a bouncer to get money in order to drive the full length of America and to deliver these documents. Only the journey is difficult, strange, weird. So the beta is only about an hour long. And I'll be honest with you that it's one of these games that's so on point about America right now that I started to get like anxiety about a couple of things. So at one point, so in this, this game, the United States of America are no longer united. They're called the States of America which I just think is fucking brilliant. Um, and um, Canada has had to bail America out because it got so much in debt. So America has taken part taken like part of America. So to get to Columbus, I had to cross the border from America to the US. And you get this like really weird kind of conversation with somebody who's in Canada, but hates Canadians because they're actually American. Because America is now part of Canada. And just like, 
wow, this is <laughs> like <laughs> this is not subtle racism. And the game is full of little moments like that. So obviously, you know, the main core of the game is you stand outside a door and it's basically papers, please. And that's how you earn your money. You basically see people as they come to the door. You check their ID. You check that the it's still in date, that they are over age. And sometimes you've got additional things. So in the Canadian border, there, there is called the Mandatory Poutine Act, which means everyone who turns up also has a bowl of poutine. So you, And you have to put sauce on their poutine as they come through the door. Um, <laughs> nice. It's, it's just... This game takes everything that was great about the first one and dials it up. The, the, like I say, the beta was only an hour long. And I'll be honest with you, that I got to the end of it, I was like, no, no, give me more. <laughs> um, the only thing the only thing I would say so far is there is like one, one negative of my experience with it. There's like one small narrative dot where you get to choose. It's like a choose your own adventure section of the game. And I stopped off at this truck cafe and... Uh, it basically got offered some soup. And if you choose one option, you get like, a, it, it, you basically get can kind of shine light on, I don't want to spoil it. There's some grim stuff happening at this, this truck stop. If you eat the soup, your game is over. <laughs> huh. um, so, <laughs> and it kicked me back quite a way back. Um, I sent this feedback to the developers because I was like, uh, that feels really unfair. I just wanted some soup. Um, but what was actually going on at this truck stop was freaking weird and really off-putting. And it just feels like proper a story you'd hear from Florida guy. Like Florida guy found Xing XX. I don't want to spoil it. But it's just game is too, too nailed on about how fucked up America is right now. And uh, I love it for it. It's such a refreshing take after having like Ubisoft, EA, Every, every other publisher going, our game reflects real life, but it's not political in any other way. And then not tonight going, yep, politics. Mm. Here you go. Yeah. I mean, the first one was fraught with it. It was basically, that's what it was about, was yeah. the kind of, the the this imaginary post-Brexit world that the UK became. So, yeah, to turn it on the head and to go to America, I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I've got a code in my uh, email, so I'm going to have to check it out. You should. I mean... The, the gameplay, you know, the, the actual moment to moment, be standing outside the door and stuff, that still has its little moments of story too. Mm. You know, you'll have, you'll, you'll get a text message on your phone saying, hey, my friend is going to turn up at this door. Would you mind letting them in? And you're like, yeah, no problem. And then they turn up and they're underage and you're like, uh, should I do this? Mm. Um, and it's it's like, there's, there's constant moral quandaries in that game. Can't wait for it to come out, whatever it comes out. I mean, this is a beta. And genuinely, it feels finished. Like there's That's nothing awesome. I would change about it. Yeah. Apart from the fact that I got chucked a long way back after I died. But yeah, <laughs> that that was my game of the week. I only played it for an hour, but it's really left an impression. I bet it has. It sounds like it did. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for more. Uh, what's right. your game of the week, Ross? Uh, well, I I feel like I've been quite lucky this week. I've had a few to choose from. So I played the I've been in the Halo Infinite beta, uh, which was amazing. Felt fantastic. Looks amazing plays like a dream it's freaking halo and it's back and i'm very excited um i play bonfire peaks which is a lovely top-down puzzle puzzler which is possibly the most difficult game i've played all year but for some reason i love it um normally with very difficult games i shove them in the bin like binaries i never ever want to play that game ever again but uh, bonfire peaks is just lovely i think it's the the visual the kind of voxel art style makes it very pretty 
Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, with uh, Bridge of Spirits, which is officially called Kana Bridge of Spirits, as in K-A-Y-N-A, Kana Bridge of Spirits. And man, this lives up to every expectation I had of this game. It's exactly what I wanted. It's a Zelda-like action-adventure game. And it's it's pretty linear. You know, there's kind of one single party going through throughout. It's about, I said, I said I finished the story in about 10 or 11 hours, maybe. Um, I did a lot of exploring in that time, but kind of the straight story is around about that. And it's just lovely. Kane is such a fantastic character. Um, I love the rot. The rot, the way that you can utilize the rot in combat is fantastic. And they're so cute. They're so freaking cute. I've got about, uh, I think, 73 of them now just following me around doing everywhere and you can you can find hats for them and there now i've got all my rot dressed up in cowboy hats and it's just absolutely amazing <laughs> and it never gets old. old yeah right yeah that's all i gotta say to people it's like you can get cowboy <laughs> hats for the rot and that's it are the rot a bit like pikmin very much so yeah. yeah um yeah you go around they can they can move things for you to so you can navigate up up and over them um they turn into insanely powerful weapons for you um when you have enough of them they can turn into bows and bombs and all sorts and it's uh yeah it's fantastic and it's just great it's a lovely world um i really want to see what Embalab do next um whether whether it be a sequel or something more because the world that they've created here is fantastic and this is their very first game and they've absolutely smashed it out of the park i don't know you know what else to say about it it is very the mechanics are very generic. If you can think of an adventure game, that mechanic is basically in, in, in Kana. They've just taken like the greatest hits of everything that you would expect of an adventure game and put them all in, in this. Um, but it just works because the world is great and the characters are interesting and the story is really uh, emotional and really involving. Um, I teared up a couple of times whilst playing through this. Um, it really, really hits you. There's some great LGBT representation and it's just a, uh, it's just a lovely, lovely game. And I highly recommend it my my full review is on finger guns now it's probably the longest review i've done all year because i just couldn't stop typing because uh, i want the world to know about this much easier to write a review for a game that you love than one that you don't like but uh yeah it's yeah it's fantastic and yeah get on it oh i'm really glad that it's um that it's good it's one of those ones where you sort of it looks so beautiful and so wonderful that you're just like is it gonna be terrible when it comes out you know mm. what i mean like there's been a few disappointments like that over the last year or two. Yeah. And it's 30 pounds on PSN. So, oh, yeah. you know, and the physical edition comes out next month if you want to wait and get the physical one. But it's, uh, yeah, it's great. Lush. Get it, Tobes. Get it, Tobes. I will. I just have too many things in the backlog right now. Mine's on install right now. Is I it? I am yeah. excited. Yeah, I bought it this afternoon and I've uh, just started downloading it. So that by the time I finish the pod, I will jump right in. Awesome. If I didn't have Tales to finish and Returnal and Eastward, I would uh, I'd jump right in. <laughs> I've just got too many long-ass storyline games to play at the moment. Whoa. I'll let you know how it is, Tobes. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a hat just for you and call it the Toby hat. Cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I found dinosaur hats today. Dinosaur hats. So you can get dinosaur hats and cat hats. And um, not as in our cat, but, you know, cat the animal cat. That would uh, be cool, kind of, though. Thank you, Amber cool. Lab, for supporting right. my face. On Damn, finger guns. <laughs> You're awesome. We're going to put one of your members in our game. It's, uh, no. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Oh, God. Maybe I'm putting you off the quiz, so I'm not feeling particularly intelligent tonight, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. Sean Davies, it's quiz time. Okay, let's do a quiz. 
It's your traditional quiz. Oh, right? Party enthusiasm is like, hey. uh, <laughs> yes, quiz. Yeah, like it's absolutely shit all of us. Well, I mean, that was that was kind of. I'll be honest with you. As you said that, I was taking the biggest scope of coffee, and it kind of burned me on the way down. So, <laughs> that big sigh wasn't because of the quiz. It was because I was burning on the inside. So, anyway, this is a traditional quiz, and uh, it's fastest finger first, and. Have you all got a buzzer ready? Yes. Uh, yes. Hang on oh, a yes. second. 9% battery, but we can get for it. <laughs> okay, we, just gonna, we just got a stall, guys. Okay, that gets cat out. If we hold up the questions long enough. enough. Just need to stall for about 10 minutes or so. Her <laughs> phone will die. Cat, is your peeker, peeker, peeker? Always peeker, peeker, peeker. Right, if your phone dies, don't worry about it. You've got a, you've got a mouth. I can't <laughs> tell the difference. Just shout peeker. You've got a mouth. <laughs> I have, I have. It's that's a, a blessing and a curse. Oh, that's what me. she said. <laughs> uh, Toby, what are you rocking today? Of course. Nice, Mark aside. Uh, Miles? Oh, that's too quiet. Hold on, let me turn it on. Excellent. Ross? Oh, okay. okay. Oh, okay. Wait, it's it's quite, quite tails, 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 okay. tails. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, Amy. There it is. Okay. There it is. Thank you. Okay, right. <laughs> Let's do this. Question one. In Tomb Raider, the Croft Manor is situated in which British county? Tails. Cat? Uh, London. Hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the county Jesus of London. I, <laughs> uh, I don't actually know. I was like, oh, I know where it is. I thought you were going to say in which country, and then you said yeah. county, and I was like, fuck. Okay, Toby. Uh, Kent. Incorrect. Damn it. Uh, Miles. Oh, I think I know this. I did hear you buzz, didn't I? Is it? No, I actually hadn't oh, buzzed, but I was okay. just about to. Um, I buzzed. Ross, okay, go on then, Ross. Um, oh, I just did that to cancel out Cat because I thought she'd know the answer. Oh. <laughs> well, th- thanks for making my job so difficult. Um, but then she said London, and I thought, oh, that was stupid, wasn't it? Has anyone else got a guess? <laughs> Can I have a second go? Miles? No, that's not how this works. Uh, Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> yes, that Croft Manor in Tunbridge Wells. You never know. <laughs> Ross, it's all down to you, mates. Come on. Stop Googling and give me the answer. Uh, Bridgewater. Let me just write no one next to you. You can have a second guess, but no no points now though. No, okay. I don't have to get points. This is no, there's no I'm points. just trying to think. I'm just trying to well, it's either gonna be Cambridge or Surrey. Because those are outside London. And I'm it, sure it's it is, next to London. It is one of those two. Ooh. You got a 50-50 chance. I don't understand why you didn't say either of these two when he asked. <laughs> because I don't know what because I'm stupid, Sean. That's why. Because I get anxiety and I panic. It's the pressure of the quiz. London. Yes, I will give you a spiritual point to, to go towards the, the completeness of your soul if you get this right. Is it Cambridge or Surrey? Sorry. Sorry is correct. They're not a real point, but a spiritual point. Spiritual point. Respect points. Okay, so just to, just to confirm, Kat is still on zero points. But in a bracket, there's a one. <laughs> but it does have an asterisk. One. No, it's greyed out. It's a spirit one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a zero with an asterisk. It's a transparent. Yeah. Okay, question two. 
Which 2019 game was pulled from Steam after an image that compared the Chinese president to Winnie the Pooh was found within it? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. No. Oh, fuck. I remember the name of it. Oh, what is it? <laughs> God damn it. Kids! What's it? Fuck. Okay, thanks for that noise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like that was your tells buzzer. <laughs> I can imagine the like the marketing, but I can't think of the title. <laughs> Oh, this was a good question. <laughs> I'm actually like irrationally angry about this. Okay, I'm going to give you five seconds. Oh, come on! You got you. You gave you you gave Cat like ten minutes to get sorry. You said ritual. No one. No one. That sounds like there might be a mess actually after that. Oh my god! God. Cat? No, Ross. Hey. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ross? Kingdom Hearts. No. What? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Cat? <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. No. It's not Kingdom Hearts oh. anything. Oh. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts at all. <laughs> being really clever. I thought I was like, yeah, he's like Kingdom oh, Hearts. That's from you. It was... Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> no one knows. That's fine. I'm going to tell you the answer. It was a game called Devotion. Oh. oh, I'm fucking doing that game. That's not close to It was a little horror title thing, wasn't it? It's I, what, I mean, uh, it wasn't literally. Hey, if you knew the answer, why didn't you pass in, pal? I didn't know the name of it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what Kingdom Hearts is called in China. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Question three. Which game was at the centre of the discussion when the following meme was born? You cheated not only the game, but yourself. You didn't grow. You didn't... Miles? Sekiro. Correct. Oh. I just want to finish. You cheated not only the game, but <laughs> you didn't grow, you didn't improve, you took a shortcut and gained nothing. What a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question four. Wow. Which Ubisoft published game shares a name with one of Friedrich Ricci's famous works? This sounds like a Toby question. Ross. Transcendence? No. Uh, Miles? Immortals Phoenix Rising? No. Watch Dogs Legion? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it's like Nietzsche's most famous book. I can only think of his third book, and that's not Ubisoft. Say it anyway. Um, the only one I've got is um, also Sprat called Zarathustra, which is a Zeno saga thing. It's not Ubisoft. It's very specific. Wow. <sighs> okay. Me on a think bit. Of his first book. Any- anybody else got a guess? No? Okay. The answer was Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, this is this is going well. This one, isn't it? Jesus, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that everybody else is on zero apart from Miles, and I'm on bracket zero. So, my reference was before Xenoblade. There was Xenosaga, like in the US, and they had they used um, Nietzsche quotes on the end of all three titles. I think they probably did, but it's not Ubisoft. It's not. Okay. Mm. Uh, Question five: Which one of these games doesn't exist? Is it A, White Van Driver, B, Golf Magazine Presents, 36 Great Holes, starring Steve, starring Steve Belesteros, <laughs> C, Sticky Balls, or D, yeah. Cock In? Oh, come, come on. <laughs> oh. 
I mean, I there's burst. four of us and there's I four burst, options. Yeah. So someone's going to get it, right? Yep. Cass? I already. I'm going to go with Cocken. Incorrect. Sorry, okay. sorry, dude, I didn't hear your, your buzz. Go on. Uh, sticky fingers, the third one. Sticky balls. Sticky balls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, no. no. <laughs> Damn it. That is incorrect. Oh, no. I hope it's number two now. That is the oh, really no. elaborate title. I'm buzzing, but I don't think it's working. I, I, can, I can hear. I can hear. Uh, Amy. Miles is first. That's not your Miles buzzer. Can I say A? White van driver? Yes. That is incorrect. Oh. It is the second one. <laughs> uh, uh, Amy. Ross. Is it Golf Club Presents? Golf Magazine Golf Magazine Presents. presents. Is it B? <laughs> it is so B. That must be an actual thing. So it's, it is an actual thing, but the <laughs> golf is different. So the actual game uh... is called Golf Magazine Presents 36 Great Holes Starring Fred Couples, not Steve Ballesteros. Oh, oh, okay. oh, oh you. You're so <laughs> clever, you little scamp. <laughs> anyway, question six. In Megaman, the villainous Dr. Wily shares a first name and distinctive hairstyle with which famous scientist? Ross? Albert Einstein. Correct. That was a guess. I mean, Bring yeah. it on. <laughs> My buzzer is not working. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My sorry, buzzer is not working. I was definitely buzzing. <laughs> Ross goes into the lead now. He's already mocking people. <laughs> yeah, I think we need okay. to take him down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two. Yay. <laughs> Question seven. In Bioshock, Andrew Ryan's philosophy of a man having a right to the sweat of his own brow is a reference to the works of which philosopher? Cool. Mm. What kind of quiz is this? Miles? Oops, sorry, I did it again. Uh, Karl Marx? No. Oh. Uh, Toby? Plato? No. <laughs> Do you remember when the quizzes were, what colour is Mario's eyes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love those days. Yeah, they were good days. Now it's all about philosophy and mm. yeah. wank. Going up, up market. Nobody. No, I haven't got an answer for this. I'm not going to try. Are you fucking kidding? I'm genuinely trying to think of the good place because that's all about philosophy. And I'm like, what, what names do they mention on that? Two seconds. Paul and Greg. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ross? Um, the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> <laughs> You're incorrect, Harry. Oh, <laughs> I'm what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying about Miles's balls having dropped earlier? Oh my okay. god! Okay, it's Iron Rand. Oh. Uh, As in the fucking names are an anagram of one of them. Yeah, I mean, the Fountainhead oh. and Atlas Shrugged and shit. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> okay. Go. When you're told, it's very easy, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, yeah, of course, weird, obviously, guys. <laughs> Okay, question eight. Which game holds the record for having the most concurrent players online at the same time? Oh, God. It sounds easy, but it's going to be some obscure PC shit, doesn't it? Uh, Toby? Grand Theft Auto Five. Incorrect. Oh. Uh, uh, Amy? Ross? Fortnite. Correct. Hey! Oh, for <laughs> sake. <laughs> Fortnite wins again. 8.3 million concurrent players. Good God. Yes. That is far too many. Yeah, that's like double the, the second place. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, question nine. In the Donkey Kong games, what colour is King K. Rule's cape? Uh, uh, Amy. Ross? Green. Incorrect. Oh. Pika, 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 pika. I'm going to win, I'm going to win. I think it was Toby? Yellow. 
Incorrect. Cat. Rad. Correct. That's a cat. I don't even know who Tim K <laughs> is or what guesses. it looks like. What? The, the gorilla? That's no, not a gorilla. Yeah, it's like... Oh, okay. Okay. Who's, oh, I was uh... going to say, you know what Donkey Kong looks like? <laughs> yeah, no. It's a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Lovely. Uh, question 10. <laughs> final, final question. The late, great Robin Williams named his daughter after which... <laughs> No, I, I, I think there was an alert noise Sorry. there. I was, I was freaking first. Was That's fast. outrageous. I was fast. See, I heard bigger, 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 bigger. But well, of course you did. Thank it was you. a loud. Thank you. Thank you. It was the first one. It yes. was the loudest one. Doesn't mean it's the first one. <laughs> I'm going to go what, anyway. That's what all my exes said to me. You have enough points and you have enough wins on this quizzes. I'm pretty sure a guard <laughs> saw you before you said pika, pika, pika. I'm pretty sure you're <laughs> I wrong. didn't hear. I didn't hear God anything. Saw you and he went. I'm pretty sure that Sean is the quiz master, and he said that Pika Pika was fast. No, so. no, no. I heard the Pika Pika first. Right? It's getting controversial. That, that was because, quite literally, you went. Ooh! Yeah. All, all the noise, <laughs> and then started saying Pika Pika Pika. So, <laughs> so anyone could have buzzed before you said Pika Pika Pika. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't hear it. So I'm gonna have to say cat. Um, she's named Zelda Williams after. She uh, is. Just waiting for you to say Link then. Impossible. Yes, she's named Link. <laughs> uh, well done, Smells everybody. Like trash. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, so Miles got one, one. Yeah. Uh, Ross got one, two, three. Yeah. Cat <laughs> got two with an asterisk. Two Whatever and 31, you say. so I've actually tied with oh, Rob spiritually. Spiritually. <laughs> uh, I I spiritual zero. victory. Uh, I think you got zero. Yeah, you yeah got I think I got zero. Oh. I spiritually got five. Spiritually, <laughs> did you fuck? <laughs> uh, oh, dear. You didn't well, enjoy that quiz, did you? That I, was I, tough. That was nefarious, I'll be honest. I, mm. I enjoyed that, that quiz. One. I enjoyed the quizzes where like, we all get like really low numbers. because Yeah, so do I. The ones that we're all stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we all failed. Yeah, makes me feel smart. <laughs> it was a laugh. <laughs> I, I may have been spending too much of this this week looking at video game lore and <laughs> its literary connections. So that might hmm. have rubbed off a little bit on the cross. I was going to say. Apart from <laughs> the colour of Cable's cape. Philosophy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, Winning quiz was three, three points. Whew. Just remember, London is not a county. Which no. isn't Greg would be pissed not, off at this one. It's not bad. <laughs> it's it's not bad when you think there's ten questions. You got thirty no, percent. Hey, I'll take that's that. not bad. I'll take that. Well done. Thanks. Can, uh, the, right. can the title of this quiz? Uh, can the title of the podcast be "Cat Nearly Won a Quiz"? You didn't no. know. You should save that that's for when you nearly. do win a quiz. <laughs> no, cat <laughs> nearly won a quiz. No mercy, yeah, and call it "Cat Won the Quiz." Okay, well that's that's going to be in like four years' time. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've won one or two in my time. Not many, though. Okay, that makes it feel better. <laughs> uh, right, now let's get into the news. And first up this week, uh, the initiative, the guys who were making Perfect Dark, the brand new studio over at Microsoft, the first quadruple A studio, as they call it, which is not annoying at all, uh, have announced that they are working with Crystal Dynamics on the latest Perfect Dark game. And um, we're going to read four, a little bit. Four, uh, what's it called? Quadruple A, but we can't do it on our own. Yeah. Let me let me read, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, over at Eurogamer, Mr. Tom Phillips uh, writes, Microsoft's mysterious new Perfect Dark game will be co-developed by Marvel's Avengers and Tomb Raider studio, Crystal Dynamics. 
It's a surprising announcement considering the fact that the reboot was until now an entirely first-party project. Crystal Dynamics, meanwhile, is a subsidiary of Square Enix. But it does make some sense. The initiative Microsoft's Santa Monica-based team set up to work on the project was founded by former Crystal Dynamics boss Daryl Gallagher, and also counts Tomb Raider reboot director Daniel Newberger amongst its ranks. So they put out a tweet saying, Perfect Dark Update, we are partnering with Crystal Dynamics, the world-class team behind character-driven games such as Tomb Raider, to bring this first-person spy thriller to a new generation. We're still early in development, but incredibly excited to use this unique opportunity to deliver on the vision for Perfect Dark. Now, the initiative was announced in 2017. They've just announced a partnership with Crystal Dynamics that they say is early in development. Uh, Tobes, how how far off do you think is Perfect Dark? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little ways, I think. Um, So what makes them a four A studio, a quadruple A studio? Uh, This is what this is what Phil Spencer uh, coined them as. And uh, out of anything more than just wankery, was there was there something behind it? I maybe it's just the 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 talent, the people involved. They've got like a a mash of people from Dynamics and Rockstar and Ubisoft, and they've just kind of put them together to make like an Avengers of a development team. It's just so like like I said. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. just really wankery. It's just <laughs> I kind of hate that. Um, okay, well, the um, yeah, Perfect Dark is probably a long way off. Um, I, I don't have a huge amount to say on this one, but um, yeah, if they've if they started their studio and that's taken them four years to get to the point where they're like, well, we still need help to do this. They've not given us any gameplay or really any kind of you know things to view except just to say, here's the title. I think that's all I've seen so far. Um, yes. Then uh, I think it's some ways off. I think we're talking 2024 at the mm. absolute earliest. Um, it's not a it's not a next year game. 2023 seems a bit too soon. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, is it a remake of the original Perfect Dark? Uh, no, least, it's not. Is it going to be a continuation of the one that there were two already, weren't there? There was a sequel one that you said you were going to play last week. Yeah, there was uh, Zero, which was a prequel to the first one. Right. So be a sequel to the first one, potentially. Yes, essentially then, yeah. Okay, cool. Hmm. I, I mean, I'll play it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not oh, expecting yeah, I'll play it anytime it, soon. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, Elliot will be starting school, I think. I think he when will. When Dark comes out. <laughs> yeah, he'll be at nursery, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, um, yeah, I, I think it makes perfect sense that those two, two, two different studios are, like, partnering. But, um, yeah, I, I think anyone who calls it a, quadruple a studio needs to just <laughs> you can't let that go bin. can you <laughs> get in the bin with that you can't it's let like that saying go. it's like saying we're better than everyone else in the entire industry if that if that um game isn't like 10 out of 10 then they should all just go in the bin really wow not had a lot of sleep this week Tobes. So you're okay it's just a cunty way to speak <laughs> <laughs> fair just enough be, just just call yourselves AAA, like everyone else who thinks they're the top of the game, right? That's fine. Don't make yourself out to be even more top of the game than everyone else who's top of the game. That's just annoying, you know? Hmm. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> Kat, I don't know what your history is with uh, with Perfect Dark, but I know you have a long history with Crystal Dynamics and, of course, their Tomb Raider reboots. So yes. does the initiative and Crystal Dynamics, does that get you kind of interested in the new Perfect Dark? Yeah, it does. I mean, Perfect Dark's a fast-passing shooter, isn't it? So we'll yes. see. We'll see what it has to has to bring. I do agree with Toby that it does feel a bit, like, wankery to be like, <laughs> actually, we have one more A after everybody else. Like, you, you're holding yourself to some high standards there, and if you don't deliver, 
you're going to look like shit and you're going to be shot on by everybody. So, you know, good luck to you if you're going <laughs> to claim yourselves to be the be all and end all of beautiful games. But Crystal Dynamic do make beautiful games. Um, they did a wonderful job with Tomb Raider. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, like it's going to be a long way off if they've not even. I think they've just gotten really excited because Crystal Dynamics does have the reputation that it does. Um and they've just announced that they're probably and they've they've admitted they're in early early kind of development so yeah it's a long way off yet but i guess we'll see we'll just we'll see yeah. i've not yeah. played the original so i've got i've got no expectations but now i have expectations because if you're mm. gonna be <laughs> the wankery people who go actually we're better than everybody else then <laughs> then i'm just gonna be petty and i'm gonna play you and i'm gonna see so, yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean bringing on dynamics there's no Real reason why we shouldn't suspect that Perfect Dark might be a third person game. Yeah, uh, it's, it's totally possible. Uh, that's the that's the forte, isn't it? So, or they've just um, gone. We're making a game about a girl. You made a game about a girl. A girl, come She's help! Got guns. Yeah. Don't have guns. Yay! Four A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, maybe, maybe they've done that. Who knows? Maybe, maybe she'll be called Laura. Laura. <laughs> Laura <Rift>. Dark. <laughs> yeah, Laura Dark. <laughs> Laura Dark. Uh, Mars, uh, what do you make of these two powerhouses merging together to make a new Perfect Dark? I mean, I'm completely with Toby and Kat. I think Quadruple A is just an absolutely idiotic thing to start. Oh, God, guys, that isn't the story. I just, oh, it is the story, though. It's just such a dickhead move. Um, just call yourself Triple <laughs> A. Just don't be, don't be those people. Um, so, yeah, first off, I'm not with that. Um, I've made it the story, Ross. Yeah, you have. You really have. Great have. job, Toby. I'm <laughs> totally down with that with you. Like, we'll, we'll take them. We'll take them to town over it. Um, but the actual announcement itself is, I'm a little bit conflicted with because obviously Crystal Dynamics did uh, the Avengers game, which <clears throat> I stayed completely away from because I could kind of tell almost from the off it was going to be a boring, bland, and uninteresting life service mess of a game and although the campaign was apparently uh worth playing uh, the rest of it just didn't look worth playing at all well let uh, me tell you the campaign <laughs> is not worth playing oh well, no. well that doubles up my point then i guess <laughs> <laughs> this is good um so yeah they obviously did that and that kind of sullied a little bit of their reputation um i was a big fan of the tomb raider trilogy that they did um i was actually quite sad that they stopped working on that kind of IP in series or a game of that style because they're clearly very good at making those. Um, so I guess if it's going to be a game based more around the Tomb Raider trilogy work that they did, then I'll be excited. But if it's going to be more built around the kind of work that they did on the Avengers, then I'll probably won't be going near it because I just don't like that kind of that structure and setup for a game. Um, Perfect Dark as a title, I also didn't play the original, so I don't have much expectation or kind of nostalgia attached to it, so I can go in with a bit of an open mind towards it. Um, but they've clearly got a lot of talent on board um, that they're going to throw at this. It's obviously going to be quite a long time in the making, so hopefully they'll do it well. Um, and I think it's it's going to be an Xbox exclusive, isn't it? So I think it's another good one yes. that they've got in the pipeline for kind of future to make the console worth investing in, provided it turns out being worth the quadruple A title that they've given it. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's there's reason to be optimistic. I think I'm just a little bit skeptical given Crystal Dynamics' more recent history, but I, that may have been forced on them rather than a choice. So I guess if they're given the creative freedom to do what they want, then hopefully this will turn out to be a good one. Hmm. Hmm, I like that. Positive energy from Miles Thompson there. Yeah, I like it. But quadruple A can piss off. <laughs> uh, Sean, where are the answers? What does this mean, the initiative and Crystal Dynamics getting together? That's 
It's a very interesting question because I'll be honest with you. I think this is the first time I've ever seen a studio owned by a publisher being basically like pimped out to do a different game from a different publisher. Hmm. I don't think I've ever seen this. I mean, I've seen like no big AAA game ever gets made um, just by one studio anymore. You look at Ubisoft, whenever you've got a, a Ubisoft game, it goes by Ubisoft Toronto with support from Ubisoft Shanghai, Ubisoft everywhere. You know, it's yeah. all around the world. And you look at even even some of their games get, you know, external co-developers with like Sparisoft, who helped with a lot of Ubisoft games. So it's not it's not unusual to have a studio come in and work alongside you to help build your big games. But I don't think I've ever seen a, a studio as big as Crystal Dynamics be basically rented out to a different publisher for a game which, you know, I imagine the money involved in this is going to be insane, which is maybe where that other A comes from. You know, mm. I, can't, I can't imagine Square Enix are going, yeah, do you know what? Build a game for someone else. Mm. I, just, I just can't see that. Um, it does, it does ask, ask some interesting questions because um, usually when you get a co-developer, it's usually for stuff that you want a human to make, but you don't want them to have too much of an influence over unless you are Gearbox and you want to ship out an entire game like Colonial Marines. Um, usually it's like you want environments, you want low-level quests. You don't really want them to be doing core gameplay components like the mechanics and the systems. You might ask them for help on those things, but you don't usually have somebody come in and, and build these with you. But this sounds like a, a long-term partnership because it's so early in development that this might be something new this might be a a very different type of partnership and like i say i, I imagine the money in, involved is is astronomical i do hope that crystal dynamics aren't entirely working on this because um as as much as people give avengers a rough ride i think that was more of a publisher decision on how to make that game rather than a developer decision given how good Crystal Dynamics have been making, uh, have been at making every other game that they've made, and the genres that they've chosen. So, again, I, it's going to be a really interesting thing to, to to watch develop because I can't think of another example when this has ever happened. So, the future is is going to be interesting for this game. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm I'm kind of on board with it. I don't really know what Crystal Dynamics can really bring. Um, it's interesting that they've chosen because of the dynamics. I'm, I'm assuming it's something to do with, you know, Tomb Raider, uh, perhaps. I can't see Perfect Dark uh, being a game where you play as any other character but Joanna Dark. No. Um, so, I don't know. The, the, the Avengers thing, obviously, it's a multi-character game, so you're playing all sorts of different characters at once. But that doesn't really suit Perfect Dark, I don't think. So... I mean, the, the, the good thing about Crystal Dynamics is if you look at some of the stuff that's, that's there... If you if you take components of the Marvel's Avenger game, like the environments, for example, mm. you know some of the environments are fucking brilliant, you know. And you you talk about um, like the way that they are, and I know this is kind of you know it, it's a bit on the nose sometimes, but the way that they guide a player through a game is is really great. You can you can basically go to Marvel's Avenger and you, you know where you're going at all times. So you're not confused about it. It's it's like very well designed in that way. And 
you know, there's, there's certain things that they could bring to this game. I don't think, you know, they're going to be coming in and going, hey, let's revolutionise the systems that you've already been designing. But, you know, if you think about the environments and potentially the weapon design because of how good some of the weapons are in, in Avengers, you know, you think about Thor's hammer and the, the work that they did on that, which mm-hmm. is actually really fucking nice to use. Yeah, the same guy that made uh, the Leviathan Axe, wasn't it? It was. He recently passed away, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the, all of that is a is a building process for a studio. Isn't it? Everyone there mm-hmm. know, knows now the kind of out-of-the-box thinking that brought that all together. So, you know, it's something that they could bring into another project. And it's interesting. Yeah. You know, as, as much as Marvel's Avengers gets, gets slated, and as a package it is really bland, there's aspects of that game that really are good. So, you know, if it is just build as an environment to explore, you know, build as a sci-fi office to go and romp around in, happy days. Mm, I mean, the- if it was just little bits here and there, I don't think it was worthy of an announcement. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, I mean, like you said, developers outsource stuff to other developers all the time. But this was a this was an announcement. It seems like there is a... Dynamics are going to play a major role in this development. I mean, yeah, you'd hope so, because it's mm. the studio of the caliber it is. But again, you know, the these things get announced all the time. It's just that it's never on this scale. And if you go to the old Gamma Sutra, or whatever it's called now, Game Developer, or it's called, there are press releases on there all the time of, of you know, this developers, we're now working with this developer to bring this to the market and whatever. But it's, you know, th- this is just on a scale that no one's ever seen before. And you hope that they're going to work closely together and they're going to work in partnership to bring it together because they're both, well, you know, the staff that's at the initiative, we've no- never seen a project from them. Yeah. But we know what Crystal Dynamics are, are capable of. So it would be good to get that out of them again. Yeah, and of course, Joanna Dark is a British spy. So Camilla Lunnington, wait for the phone call. Play Joanna Dark, please. <laughs> you know you want to. What's the woman that did um, Agent Carter? Hayley Atwell. Yes, please. Yeah, she's playing Lara Croft in the Netflix animated series. She is. I was like, yeah. I was, yeah, that's where I kind of got the link. Which is a continuation from uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So should be interesting. Mm. I'm really surprised they didn't bring back Camilla for that because Camilla is a huge fan of Tomb Raider. And I, I'd be surprised if she turned that down or if we hear that she turned it down. Um, I reckon she turned it down. Do, do you th- I don't know if she would have because she misses it. She kind of says, yes, she's got a lot of, I mean, she's on Grey's Anatomy at the moment. That's the biggest show in, in America. Uh, but I don't know. She loves it. She, she, she apparently she screamed when she got the call from Square Enix telling her mm. that she got the role. Like she uh, apparently she just stopped dead in the car. She's a huge fan. She's probably sick of dying. She's probably over sick and over of. and over again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. maybe it's an older Lara. I mean, Haley Atwell was obviously a bit older than Camilla, so yeah, maybe, maybe. But hopefully mm. that story will break one day. We'll Haley Atwell will bring all those Marvel nerds over. They so. do do a, a good job, I guess, of like switching up, I guess, like bonds, don't they? Like switching up who mm-hmm. Lara is. They've done that quite a few times with Angelina Jolie. Like we don't always, we all have our favourite Lara and yeah, and they switch up. I think that's good. But yeah, also, yeah. you know, Camilla. <laughs> Camilla. Yeah, I love Camilla Lennington. She, I thought she was amazing as Lara Croft, but uh, yeah, she really you was. know, whatever. We'll see. We move. We move. We move indeed. Uh, so yeah, that's Perfect Dark, Crystal Dynamics, The Initiative, uh, Quadruple A. I mean, we're not going to see anything from this game for a long time, but uh, I'm excited. As I said last week. If you add a quadruple A studio with a triple A studio, do you get a sept A studio? I was going to ask you what the word was, and now you've told me, so thank you. 
because I generally didn't know. <laughs> Welcome to that the world's think- first. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually Microsoft will just buy them and it'll be dynamic initiatives and then we'll just move on. Uh, right then, talking of wonderful things, were we talking about wonderful things? I don't know. But yes, the Nintendo Direct happened this week and boy, oh boy, what a Direct it was. Now, this is kind of weird for me because I don't currently own a Nintendo Switch, but everyone else on the podcast does. So I'm going to throw it out to you. Were there any highlights, anything that you saw or have seen recently from the Direct that you want to get into? Because there has to be something. That Kirby you game. Did. That yeah. Kirby game looks so good. Kirby and The Last of Us. <laughs> literally when 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 that trailer started it was just abandoned buildings with things overthrow overgrown on them it was all cartoony i thought my god they've switch made a cartoon is, the last of us the switch has got its own version of the last of us and it's all cartoony how cool is this it's, it's all brightly but, colored and anim- anime. then kirby appeared and i was like kirby's not in the last of us so. no no but yeah it's good though it? yeah it looks awesome uh good that he's kind of finally getting his i mean he's, he's had a lot of other games in the past but he's getting like his own little kind of platformy 3d version now he's, you know mm. he's expanding he's upgrading mm-hmm. um and that looks really fun um it does look like a good game it looks like it's got a lot of stuff to it it's like you can do loads and i've always loved being carby in super smash brothers that was just like, like eating people like sucking them up and eating them hilarious yeah. so funny same as yeah. yoshi when you just poo them out as an egg you know it's almost, it's almost a perk in smash brothers isn't it it's almost too easy when yeah you're it's yeah if you're kirby <laughs> then you're just annoying and i love that i'm like yeah, yeah i'll be kirby <laughs> uh but yeah that's my anything favorite. else um oh, i don't want to talk i don't want to mention the the chris pratt thing we'll, we'll get into that in a second <laughs> i, I want to save that to the end okay all right but... then yes for me no i don't play bayonetta or anything like that kirby was um and they didn't show any pokemon the new open world pokemon so yeah other than that, Kirby was my, my highlight of that that kind of showcase. Interesting. Um, Tobes, what did you get from the direct? I know you were a big fan. Yeah. Um, the, my trouble with the Nintendo Direct is that there's there's a you know they just throw a big scattergun approach to you know to, to what they're going to show off that particular time. Um, everything gets its own like one minute out of the forty minutes, and they do manage to show a hell of a lot of stuff, which is great. And you know, some of it will stick, and some of it did stick. There's some things in there I'll buy, but a hell of a lot of it looked like crap, and a couple of them were just absolutely terrible. You know, so things that stuck in the mind. I mean, revealing that the Project Triangle Strategy's real name was. Triangle strategy. <laughs> I mean that that was ridiculous. I mean, I, when I looked into it, I found out that Octopath Traveler had been exactly the same. It was Project Octopath Traveler, and then it was Octopath Traveler, and I was like, okay, that's, uh, I should I'm have sure seen we, this coming. God I'm damn. sure we had the exact same conversation on the podcast when it happened. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just terrible, but clearly there was a pattern I didn't see. Um, I I think uh, people who play Monster Hunter or Monster Hunter Rise, um, that Sunbreak thing will be like an entire new game. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few, you know, nice things to see, like Act Razor. So S- Square Enix is bringing Act Razor back, and then just Shadow dropped it the same day. Um, yep. I really will want to try that out at some point. Um, I can't just get into it straight away for the same reasons as above when I spoke about how many games I've got going on right now. But I will give it a go because I, I remember playing that one on a friend's um, what SNES back in the day um and uh, never having it myself so um i'll uh, i'll give that one a go um and then the the last one i'll say that was a highlight for me um was 
not something I never expect to be a highlight is a card game. So again, it was Square Enix. They sort of peppered the whole thing with little Square Enix alerts. And I was like, oh, that's, that's Square <laughs> Enix again. Um, and was it was it, called... Was it Voice of Cards? It was called Voice of Cards. Yeah, the Isle Dragon Roars, which is a crazy ridiculous name just like project triangle strategy so someone's naming things ridiculously at um at square enix but it's basically written or put together by yoko taro who's the guy who did near uh near replicant and near automata um and he's gone for a card game this time the the artwork looks beautiful you you know you, you spe- you're, you're in the card game world when you're exploring as well as when you're in battles so it had it sort of piqued my interest a little bit because of it being you know like everything is a card in a way um and because it's got this beautiful artwork and it's got square inks behind it who have made the two card games i actually like playing on video games um back in the days of final fantasy 8 and final fantasy 9 um you had a little try a little triple triad and um and the other one i can't remember the name of right now tetra master um which you could play you know when you were going around talking to various npcs um, so I will. I really kind of want to give that one a go, and it's coming really soon. It's coming before the end of the year, so um, I'm, I'm interested in that. And again, we don't have an in with Square Enix, so I probably won't be able to get a code for it. But one day, one day I'll try it out. Uh, sorry, you're gonna have and to buy that one. Like I'm a, gonna have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like a, I don't like want a bar- commoner. Do you know what? I don't want to buy a card game and then hate it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a really bad idea. Um, Triangle Strategy looks amazing, and then I suppose the last thing I'd say is. Um, the one, the one that really killed it for me at the end, that, that when, when there were a number of lame things, like I personally think Mario Party's quite lame. The Chocobo GP thing was pretty lame. How dare um, you? <laughs> and um, there, there were others as well. I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, but when it, it ended with, uh, you know, like the bit where they always go, and just something extra or whatever they call it, um, mm-hmm. and this, and it was just like, oh, God, no, not that again. So Bayonetta 3, I'll be in a minority, I swear I'll be in a minority hating this game, but um, Bayonetta 1 was embarrassingly stupid all the way through. I got so annoyed with the way that she was handled and the way that her hair would disappear and then she'd be naked during fights and the way the cutscenes was were shot and directed to just the point it made, it made me sick, like almost physically sick to watch them. And I was just like hating everything about the game um, to the point where I gave up on it after about like five or six hours, I think. Um, and just these generic little corridors. Everything was this tiny little corridor with nothing to do in it. Um, and um, yeah, so Bayonetta 3, everyone seems to be like going on and on and on about wanting another Bayonetta. I'm like, why do you want another Bayonetta? And uh, this thing came out. She starts doing a stupid writhy little dance again. I'm like, dude, take it fucking seriously. It doesn't need to have this ridiculous over the top style to it. And then the cutscene started and then her hair came off. And I was just, oh, for fuck's sake. This thing is shit. Just shit. <laughs> I just, wow. Um, I hate it. I really hate everything about it. Um, wow. And you've, turned, you've turned into a really grumpy dad. You know yeah. That. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, there's there's the same guy who designed um, and put together bayonets and made devil may cry and i think devil may cry is amazing so it's not him it's just the fact that the the design choices they made with this and the team that eventually gets together and the style they decided on is just everything i don't like mm. um and this is just number three and it was um it looked awful absolutely awful anyone who's interested go for it go for it fill your boots but i will not be playing it <clears throat> i will not be playing it i will not <laughs> never never 
If we get a code and you go, Toby, you have to cover this? I'm like, no. <laughs> you won't say no. You'll take it. I won't. I, I will. I'll take it to shit on it. Wow. Who's publishing it? Uh, Platinum and Platinum and Nintendo, probably. Uh, yeah, it's unlikely. But <laughs> you, know, you never know. You never know. Uh, Miles, what did you see at the Direct that piqued your interest? If I the only thing I'm looking forward to is Bayonetta 3. <laughs> <laughs> scum, yes! Scum, scum, scum. Couldn't have been any more fun. <laughs> Thank you, I tried. Um, yeah, Nintendo's lineup of games outside of uh, Zelda just doesn't ever really pique my interest that much. Um, but when Bayonetta 1 came out, I played a lot of it. I actually got pretty damn good at that one um like toby said it's very similar to devil may cry in style same kind of director um and i love the gameplay um of that kind of style of game um and i like getting good at them it feels really rewarding when you manage to like start to breeze through levels and ratchet up and you know like massive combos and stuff and bayonetta one's combat system i thought was great um and yeah i think i ended up platinuming it as well which wasn't any mean feat back in the day um, and so when it was announced that it was going to be exclusive to Nintendo, I got quite sad because I'm not really willing to invest in a whole Nintendo console just for the one or two games that I might actually like coming out on it. Um, so there wasn't much else in the Direct that particularly appealed to me. I know you're going to talk about the, the movie after, so I'll kind of reserve any kind of comment on that just yet. Um, but yeah, I thought everything else was just very Nintendo. There wasn't really much that as an outsider or someone who's not already in that ecosystem, there was nothing that particularly made me go, oh, you know, I, maybe I should have a think about moving into that. Um, you know, like when we watched a couple of the Xbox conferences and some of the trailers and games that they're looking to release, you know, it's got me already questioning if I need to get hold of a console, you know, in the near future so that I'm ready for when they come out. But Nintendo's stuff just doesn't really pull me in in that way. Um, but yeah, Bayonetta 3 looked like more Bayonetta, which for Toby is obviously the worst possible time you could imagine. Um, <laughs> but I think for uh, people who have enjoyed the original and probably number two as well, I never got to play that one. Um, it'll probably be a very good time. So yeah, yeah, I think if there was any game I was going to play, it would be that. But other than that, not really. I think the hype was the fact that it was announced four years ago. And this is the first time we've yes. seen anything from it. It's almost like a re-release of a trailer, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of dead in the water for a little while. So I guess it's nice to know that it actually still exists and they are still working on it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, apparently it's in its final stages of development and it's due for release next year. So Damn. yeah, bring it on. Good times for everyone but Toby. Yeah, we're all going to love it. And so it's, oh, I wish I played it. it. I will. It's going to be great. I miss Bayonetta. She's awesome. Uh, Sean, what did you make of the direct? Oh, it was great. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm in the middle with uh, Bayonetta 3. I bounced off the first one because of the ridiculous load times on the PS3, which was like, Jesus, you just did not want to die in that game. Because if you did, it was all over. You're waiting like five minutes for the game to reload. Um, and my, my relationship with it hasn't improved much since. And this trailer really didn't do anything for me. But again, it is a video game, and I am me. That means I'm probably going to try and play to some <laughs> point. So that's the problem. The new Kirby looks great. Um, Triangle Strategy looks amazing. That voice of cards, the Isle Dragon Roars. I mean, I know Toby said he wasn't going to go and buy a card game in case he disliked it, but that card game looks freaking awesome. And I quite like card games, so I'm on board with that. Weird that they announced a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic port when the game is being remade for the PlayStation 5. But again, mm. um, any excuse to play that game again, I'll be honest. For um, sure. 
I imagine that port, like on as a portable, will be all-consuming for some people. If this is the first time they've they played that game, it could be it could be dangerous. You could see people getting fired over it because it is a very addictive game. Um, but the the actual absolute highlight, Chocobo GP. Absolute highlight. I loved Chocobo Racing on the PlayStation. Yeah, boy. And I was all over this. I know that Toby said it looks a bit lame. But it, you know it does, but I, I did play it as well. It was, it was fun. It just brought back all these pleasurable like memories as a kid, like, oh, fuck, I remember this. And then I was like, well, I don't remember this. I remember something like this. And uh, it looks fine. Like, it looks like something I could sit down with my kids and enjoy and be like, so you know these characters here? They're in this much better game, like Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> How about we start you on that as well? And, uh, you know, as, as a gateway drug to Final Fantasy. Mm. So, um, yeah, this is my Trojan mm. horse to get my kids interested in RPGs. Nice. Nice. <laughs> There's Chocobo racing in this Final Fantasy 15 as well. Do you want to go on that? Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Did you did you enjoy the direct? Um, I did, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't chock full of um of bangers, but um I like that there's new Animal Crossing content coming um in November. Um there's a direct coming in October, which I'll be all over. Again, I don't have a switch, I no longer have my Animal Crossing Island, uh, which is quite devastating to me when I think about it properly. But um I'm excited to see what they bring to the game because it's been a long time. Um I mean that game has sold 35 million copies, and Nintendo seemed to just drop it last year, um, just out of nowhere. And so it's nice that there's finally getting some content coming. Um, I like the sound of Disney Magical World 2, Magical Edition. Um, it's a very stupid name, but any game that gets me running around Disneyland is a game worth playing, I think. Um, I've put far too many hours into Disneyland Adventures on the Xbox. And so anything that like that will be uh, fairly entertaining. Um, I'm excited for N64 games to come to Switch Online. They did announce there's a new online plan coming. They haven't priced it yet but it will be an expansion to the current online plan. So if you want to play N64 games and Mega Drive games at the end of October, you'll need to pay a little bit extra every year. But it's like I paid £15 for a year subscription to Nintendo Online, so I doubt it's going to be anything too dramatic. Um, and of course, they announced wireless N64 controllers. I mean, that's a, that's huge. I might just get one just to have one. I, <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted a wireless N64 controller. I mean, uh, there's not much else, is there, really? Who wouldn't? They're cool. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you a question about these N64 games. Yes. Um, are you worried that they are going to ruin your memories of these games? I don't think so. It wasn't that long ago that I played them, to be honest. Um, the more I think about it, I mean, I played Ocarina on the Wii and the Wii U and the DS and the 3DS. Okay, Ocarina of Time, I think, is like a standout from that that hasn't aged too much compared to modern-day standards. Sure. But I mean, you, you look at Mario 64 and all these people that went out and bought this, you know, the, the swanky new edition were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, and it's it hasn't like, aged well at all. You're right. And I just, I just want, like, I remember sitting down with Greg at EGX and playing Goldeneye and it, like picking my character, so nostalgic. I was buzzing. I couldn't wait. And then the game started and I was like, oh, fuck, this is garbage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Goldeneye. GoldenEye's physics have not aged well at all. And that's why it's so great in Perfect Dark that, you know, they're actually dual stick. It's, it feels modern, even though it's a very old game now. Um, but yeah, GoldenEye's not a good example. And of course, GoldenEye is in the ether now. It will never be re-released. Um, but, you know, Zelda works every time. Mario 64 is designed with that controller in mind. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm going to avoid them. I'm just going to... 
That's fair. I'm going to let them come, and I'm just going to let them pass me by and remember the games as, as they remember them. But are you going to go and see the Mario movie in 2022? <sighs> come on, we've got to get this out, because this is, I think, apart from Russell T. Davies rejoining Doctor Who, this is the biggest news of the week. Right. Sean's um, Sean's sort of sigh there actually said it all. <laughs> that little. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go. For, to go from the top. Cat, what did you make of the Mario movie cast? Actually, before you do, I should probably just read it out. If anyone hasn't heard it, I'm sure you have by now. But um, Nintendo announced the cast, and well, Chris Pratt, everyone's favorite Chris. They're lying. He's the worst. Chris is playing Mario. Anya Taylor Joy, who you might know from Split and Last Night in Soho. And Glass, uh, she's a fantastic actress. She's playing Peach, which is great. Charlie Day uh, from Community, I want to saw in Soy Sunny. I can't remember one of the two. I get this Always too. That's the one. Sorry. Um, Jack Black is Bowser, which is just wonderful. Uh, Keegan Michael Key from Key and Peel is playing Toad. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, and uh, yeah, and Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario, is in it, but in a cameo role, which is a bit disappointing, but he's there nonetheless. So Cap. What do you reckon? Yeah. Um, um, the only one that I'm the only kind of two people that I'm unsure of really are Chris Pratt and Seth Rogen. I think Jack Black's gonna be hilarious. I, I don't mind that other Taylor Joy lady. Um, I've not seen her so but she looks she looks apart, doesn't she? And she she looks like she's got that kind of delicate voice that can do Pete very well. I just don't understand how they sat around a boardroom in Nintendo of all the kind of little gold cubes around them and thought, you know, who'd be banging? Chris Pratt. Like, I don't know, I just, uh, I felt like, well, there's two people in my mind when I think of Mario and I think, well, who now in Hollywood could do it? Like, Pat and Oswalt, be a great shout. Josh Gad. I was just about to say Josh Gad. Josh Gad, Pat, Pat and Oswalt, either of them, if they'd have been casters, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that, that that's fair. Perhaps only because they're short actors with a bit of weight on them. Maybe we're being really reductionist <laughs> and we're trying Maybe. to. But Josh Gad does some great characters. Like Josh Gad's in Frozen. He does Olaf, and he's hilarious. Mm. And but I just I can't hear it. And maybe Chris Pratt will surprise us all. You know, everybody slagged off Brian Cranston before Breaking Bad came out. They were like, "Well, that's a funny guy out of Malcolm Middle." You know, you just don't you just don't know what people are going to do. Yeah, I mean, why, I guess the biggest the biggest casting kind of like bizarre thing was always Heath Ledger as the Joker. Absolutely, and... look, he's now named one of the most. You know, yeah, but I think this is this is a bit different. Chris Pratt, unfortunately, as much as, as much as I don't like him as an actor, he sells movie tickets. He does. He does. But so, does so does Jack Black. I mean, Mario would sell anyway. You didn't yeah. put anyone in there. You didn't have to put, you know, Chris Pratt and any of the Chris's in there, really. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I wish it was Chris Evans. Do you? The internet would have gone insane, and and they were happy. No. They're not. No one's happy about Chris Pratt. <laughs> it should have been Chris Evans. Really strange. Um, but I am looking forward to Jack Black. I am excited to see what Seth Rogen does, but I hope he doesn't butcher it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, that's what great. I mean. Like, what, what can really be done? Like, did they, was the auditions just Mario, Luigi? Like, what, what? I would love to see the insight to that, the BTS. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, yes, I'm obviously going to go see it. Like, but we'll have to see. Um, oh, we could do I a think... big finger guns day out, couldn't we? And go and see we... Mario. Oh, we could, couldn't we? We could hold yeah. hands, eat popcorn, be the best. That'd be the best. Could even dress up. Oh, yay, okay. Bagsy, Bagsy Peach. Wait, no, <laughs> Mario, I mean. <laughs> Bagsy Bowser. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, what else? What more is there to say? I hope, 
I hope the internet is wrong about Chris Pratt. Maybe he'll knock out the park. People weren't sure about Detective Pikachu for a while, but yeah, that ruled. We'll I enjoyed Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Detective Pikachu, but and uh, Sonic was good as well. So Sonic was a cracking. Yeah, great. I've really enjoyed that film. Uh, Sean, what do you reckon? Oh, I think this is going to be worse than the original Split uh, Mario movie. Oh, it cannot. It can't possibly be. I know it can be. You really? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, get... firstly, it's animated. It's not live action, thank God. Yeah. But, okay, Charlie Day is the only person in this film that I'm happy about being cast. How can I... you not be happy about Jack Black being Bowser? Because I just don't... Like, okay, you've got an animated film and you've got Jack Black. Jack Black is brilliant at comedy, right? Hmm. But do you want your villain being, like, the comedy aspect of your film? Well, this appears to be... They sound like Kung Fu Panda, funnily enough, isn't he? Looking at the cast, it seems to be the route they're going for is funny and a comedy in some way. Which, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm probably not the target target market for this this movie. Then, like, uh, if if it's going to be a Mario movie, it's probably going to be for kids. And uh, to be honest with you, I'll probably go and see it with the kids and probably walk out of it feeling just as cold as I did watching the first one. Um, because it's just it's just not going to be for me. I'm going to be happy for everyone that enjoys it, but I'll be honest with you. Like Charlie Day is the only person in this cast, and I was like, you know what, that guy is great. He has he has range. I I I Chris Pratt has Chris Pratt has two different two two different roles. He has Goofy Star Lord, and he has the passengers uh, Goony Face. It's oh, just I fucking hate that movie. Right. So he has two two characters that he can play, and he's only ever played those two characters, and it, and unless he steps. Way, way, way outside of his comfort zone, and and does something, you know, I I don't want to see Chris Pratt doing a fucking Italian accent. I don't. No, no, that is the fear, <laughs> isn't it? If it's, it's if if the trailer comes out and he's got an Italian accent in it, I'm going to be like, nope, and that's it. I'll, you know, me and the kids won't go and see it. <laughs> Fun fact: I my mum texted me the other day. He was like, I just saw that Chris Pratt is playing Mario. That's weird, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's pretty weird. She went, why didn't they get the guy from First Dates? So my mum wanted the guy that hosts First, you know, first Dates, that yeah. show on Channel 4, the guy that introduces people into the restaurant <laughs> and sits them down at their table. She wanted that guy to voice Mario in the Mario movie. Do you know, that is the fucking deepest cuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is like the most left field. I was yeah. like, why? Is it because he's the only sort of semi-Italian person you know? And uh, she went, well, yeah, maybe. But I think he'd be good. Like, there you go. Like Antonio, Antonio Banderas, you know, would do a better Italian accent than... I mean, he's not even fucking Italian. He's Spanish. But, he's definitely I mean, Spanish, yeah. But he would do a better Italian accent than Chris Pratt. And they can't be doing accents, can they? Surely. Surely. Well, how is it a fucking... Like, this is what I was saying to you. The only the only way that I can mentally work this film out in my head is that they end up in some kind of parallel real world universe and they have American accents. So there's what, there's like, like Space Jam. Yeah. So there's like a part <laughs> where they're in like the Mushroom Kingdom and they've got their Italian like Charles Martinet is doing all the voices and it's great. And then they go through a portal or something and end up in New York. And it's like and then they get their kind of voices. I don't so know. It's, so it's Jumanji then. Of course, it's Jumanji. It's Jumanji Jam. Well, Detective Bring Pikachu is like that, like in the real world, isn't it? He's mm. Pikachu in the real world, but rather I, I, than completely I just, animated. 
Yeah, this is this is going to be oh we got sucked into a video game and I'm going to change from the the fat plumber in the video game into Chris Chris Pratt. It's no no fuck. Then it, then it really will be the original <laughs> uh, film. Yeah, the guy that will be Chris dinosaurs. Pratt in a pair of overalls. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm done. Okay, <laughs> there's no saving this for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just a theory. It might not be that at all, but that's just a theory. Yeah, but, uh, like that is the best theory, and that's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, <laughs> no, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. We'll we'll uh, we'll move on. Uh, Miles, do you want to wrap this one up? I don't really know how to follow that. To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, any kind of movies based on games usually don't tend to be very good. I don't think this is going to be much of an exception. I do like the sound of Jack Black being Bowser. Um, I don't mind Chris Pratt nearly as much as you guys seem to not like him. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not really excited for it. I'm not worried about it. I'm just sort of ambivalent towards it for now, but I'll probably end up going to see it just for the, the meme value that will probably come out of it, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, I've got nothing much more to add. <laughs> oh, Lord, I hope it's good. Uh, oh, sorry, Tobes. Have you got any thoughts on this? Uh, not, not that I haven't already been said. Okay. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It's going to be interesting. Holiday 2022. We're all going to the movies. I'm very excited. Uh, right I, really, I really like the idea of us all going to the cinema to see it and take the piss out of it the entire way through. That would be great. Yeah, that'd be, be nice, fast. isn't it? I'd love can to we, do that. Can we do like one of those videos where we can like record it from the back of the theatre with us all just sitting right in front of it and talking all the way through it? Yeah, yes. we're, we're little silhouettes of our heads throwing popcorn and stuff. Yes. <laughs> what was the TV show? The Space Theatre. <laughs> Space Theatre 3000. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do one of them. We'll do a live reaction podcast whilst we're watching it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right then, let's go into a final thing. Um, we are coming up to the end of the year. We got October coming on Friday, my birthday, by the way. If anybody wants to get me a present, just saying. And we are getting to be excited about what's to come. Um, there's still a fair bit on the horizon, um, despite what <laughs> Toby may say. There is actually quite a bit coming out, which is quite exciting. Um, so we're choosing our favorite games that we're looking forward to uh, for the rest of the year. Um, so I'm going to leave Sean till last because I think he might have a list of about 5,000. So I'm going to start with Miles Thompson. How many am I allowed? Uh, let's let's just go for as many as you like. Okay, now I go two men, so I've got a few now. Uh, Alan Wake, mainly because I didn't play the original, and we've spoken about that previously. Uh, Back for Blood, because we played it on the beta. I had a great time with it. It's my kind of game. Absolutely want to jump into it. Are you going to play um, it on Game Pass? Ah, uh, sorry. It's awkward, isn't it? dick. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll buy an Xbox. Um, who knows maybe I won't get you a code again for calling me a dick I don't know we'll just make some time I'm sorry please (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Jurassic World Evolution 2 is a big one for me I really really enjoyed the first one I had a massively good time with it and you know I'm looking forward to what they're going to bring that's new to the next one and if they can hone it down and really kind of perfect it because it was pretty good as it was so the idea of a second one really appeals to me one which I'm going to have to borrow someone's Switch for is Neon White. Um, the card-based movement, Doom shooter thing, whatever it was, it just looked absolutely brilliant and I'm super excited for it. And one that's a bit more recent or slash coming out within the next week is Insurgency Sandstorm because it looks like a really good shooter, really realistic, gritty and brutal. Um, and I'm a big fan of that kind of style of game. Um, and I think it's coming out in the next couple of days, actually. Um, so yeah, I'll be trying to pick that one up and playing through that one because it looks great. Sweet. A nice list. A nice comprehensive list. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, Tobes, what two games are you looking forward to? At the end of <laughs> I have to go with two. 
no, I just figured that's how many you'd have because you were you were complaining earlier that you yeah, couldn't find true. any. Um, so I had a look at the releases, the actual confirmed releases. There is a lot out there that still says 2021 in a very hopeful sort of manner, mm. but I really don't think we're going to see the vast majority of games that say 2021 in the next three months. There might be a few, you know, just really fun sort of shadow drops that just happen. Um, and I'm hoping there's more for December because it is a scant month right now um, for, for, you know, actual sort of blockbuster AAA releases. So the the main ones that I'm looking forward to that are, you know, AAAs and, and, and below that are definitely coming out are COD, Vanguard. Um, that will be very cool. I like it when um, Call of Duty goes to the World War one and world war ii sort of era that's much more my kind of thing um than the modern ones um shin megami tensei 5 uh, for switch is meant to come out in november um which is a very big uh, J- jrpg it's a very hard jrpg so i may may find it's completely beyond me to be honest and the other ones always were um but i want to give it a go and then in december um, there's two games, so Halo Infinite. I'm sure I'll play the campaign for Halo Infinite. Very interested in playing that. Not very much the the multiplayer. And uh, Chorus is meant to come out as well, which is a um, space, you know, like a Tie Fighter uh, slash, you know, X-wing sort of a, a fighter uh, or Rogue Squadron these days. I suppose you'd call it squadrons um, type fighter thing, but with a bit of a with quite a bit of a story to it. It looks looks very cool, but it looks a bit like. Um, the old kill zone sort of style, you know, like space Nazis and things. Looks cool. Um, whereas if I actually think of ones that say 2021, there is a hell of a lot of other stuff that I could have said, but I don't think it's coming. Like Anno Mutationum. We've been waiting for that for another whole year now. That was meant to come out last year at Christmas time. That's not coming out. Do you know what I mean? It, it is a lot like that. Open Roads, is that coming out before the end of the year? Is Little Devil Inside going to actually ever raise its head again? I don't know, man. I don't know. You see what I mean? The, 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 the um, sort of looking at the release schedule for the next three months, it gets like, yeah, there's loads in October. And then November goes down to like, mm, there's not much there. And then December's like, was anyone actually going to release a game in December? Like, there's, there's, you can count them on like two hands. They're all getting out of the way of Infinite. Maybe they are. You know Maybe that. they are. We've said this in previous years that sometimes you get out of the way of Cyberpunk, for example. Um, but yeah, it, it looks pretty dead. Um, in December and then suddenly like you know lots and lots of games have said Q1 you know and they've got dates in January, February, March we've said there's a lot in February all of a sudden um, but yeah that's what I'm thinking it's a pretty scant I'm afraid See, December's usually pretty quiet anyway it's if, true it's usually if, November that everything comes out yeah October, November you get like the deluge of the four mm. games and then December you get like it gets quiet do you feel like there's a big gap of a uh, PlayStation first party that isn't coming out yeah. this year? Yeah. It's left a bit of a big I'm hole. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling everything that I've been excited about this year is coming out next year. Mm. See, but PlayStation usually leave this period alone anyway, don't they? They usually have, like, they don't normally have a full game. They usually have everything front-loaded for Q1, 2, and 3. They, well, they Spider-Man tend... was uh, September. Yeah, September. Morales was, <laughs> um, Morales was November. Granted, there was a launch game for the PS5, but very often, uh, like for the last decade, I'd say Sony just kind of left that. You know, 
you look at most of their major games, they tend to launch way before the kind of the autumn, because they n- normally leave that to whoever else wants to take it. You know, they they that's why their games normally sell pretty well when they launch because they aren't competing with Call of Duty or Forza or anything like that. So mm, yeah, maybe this is why it looks so bare. Is that last year two consoles launched and a hell of a lot of games came out all at once, and the holiday season was packed. So packed, I couldn't play everything. Yeah, yeah, that could be it too, for sure. Um, Kat, what are you looking forward to before 2022? Um, so I've listened to two um, <laughs> two subsections, because uh, why not? Uh, very similar to what Toby was saying, there's, there's loads of stuff that just says 2021, and it is unlikely that we are going to see them, but, you know, in the hopes that we suddenly do. Um, but for now, something that I forgot to mention about Switch as well was uh, Mario Party. Love Mario Party, but I'm mad at Nintendo for not doing the most obvious thing in the whole wide world. It took them two years to do, um, which was make it online. It was couch for like two years. Like, what? You have a whole game about friendship and board, uh, like board games and co-op, and you didn't think to be able to play that online together. Like you could only play the mini games online, which was really uh, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, that'll be fun. I'll probably get that. I always think Mario Party is a good laugh. Alan Wake, because I'd like to um, have more memory of that game other than a man in, in a forest holding a torch. I'd like to expand my memory on that. Um, that's party. what the game is. is. Is it just that's just the whole game? All nine, <laughs> ten hours of the story. Much um, I am looking forward to Guardians. I, I like what I've seen so far in terms of the trailer. Uh, that's not far away, uh, but. You know, what well, seems to be kind of was, we've had mixed opinions of it each time we've seen it. Like it looks good, but it looks clunky. And then the second time we saw it, it looked a little bit better, but we were still quite unsure. But it did show us quite a lot. Um, so those are the games that I know are coming out this year, unless they deliver them for whatever reason. Um, mostly all in October as well. So I'm pretty, pretty barren for November and December. Um, but there's three games as well that I'm really looking forward to that have a have a date of this year but just not a definitive month uh first one being little like toby said little devil inside that was supposed to be released in july where is that game it had a bit of controversy um with the design of the character um so i know they've gone back to fix that but come on guys top top um and there's a game called a towel of paper which looks very similar to a game that i have recently played um so that looks pretty cool but that's no that's about dreams and like where the dreams go when you run out of dreams it it looks like a little puzzle platformer that's like not a side scroller um and so yeah it just looks really sweet and cool and quirky and odd and I love that um and the last one which I didn't actually know was this year I actually just assumed it was next year is the garden path I've been following these guys on twitter for quite a while now and I'm they've just managed to kind of um get themselves funded for switch um they're a what should we call it the the word mm-hmm. oh, the word escapes me where you kind of raise funds and anybody like patreon but not patreon crowdfunding that's it that's the word yeah crowd they're a crowdfunder um they look awesome it looks like an awesome little sim game kind of very similar to stack saw but just very cutesy and kind of very art art booksy you know um and that's supposed to be this year i know they're hiring a visual designer at the moment um to kind of place tall trees and build 25 acres of forests so that'd be awesome but that looks really cool and all the characters are like vegetables it just looks very sweet i just i'm really excited for that game so I'm, i hope that gets a release date soon um those are my picks lovely stuff nice mixture of things there 
Uh, Sean, here we go. This is how it's done. Do you want want to go before me? (laughs) Okay, sure. I'm I'm trying to get things off my list so I don't keep repeating the same thing everyone else does. So I've got 40 games here. So, (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay, I've got 11. Go. Um, And the 11 go like this. Um, Far Cry 6 obviously is coming out uh, next week. Very, very excited about that. Um, obviously, Halo Infinite in December. I can't wait. Um, Forza Horizon 5 looks very exciting. Um, can't wait to play out on Game Pass. Doctor Who, The Edge of Reality. I'm really looking forward to playing. Um, got, just got a delay like a week out of release, which is really annoying. Uh, it's now coming out on October 21st, but, you know, I can wait. It's fine. It's not that far away. Uh, Football Manager 2022 is a game I get sucked into every single year. And it's going to happen again, especially now it's on bloody Game Pass on day one. Good Lord. Uh, Solar Ash, I'm really looking forward to. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, I just hyped for it. Riders Republic is due in October as well. Um, was playing the beta for that, and it looks great, and it feels great, it plays great. So, yeah, a big old Ubisoft thing to get lost in now. Sorry, finished Far Cry will be most welcome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm also looking forward to Vanguard. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the beta was pretty intense. And uh, the campaign looks uh, looks insane. So looking forward to that. Um, the Wild at Heart has come to PS4 and Switch. Now, this is kind of cheating because I've already played it. It's on Xbox Game Pass. Um, but it's fan-bloody-tastic, and it's well worth a look. Um, so when it lands on PS4 and Switch in October or November, must check it out. Uh, Battlefield 2042 looks just looks completely insane. I'm not feeling having to spend £70 on a game that is just pure multiplayer, but the multiplayer looks batshit insane um i think there's an open beta coming very very soon so that may just be enough to scratch the itch but i'm looking forward to checking that out or trying it out and just seeing what the hell that's all about and uh finally uh bpm bullets per minute is coming to consoles i've wanted to play this game for such a long time and it's finally due uh very very soon so looking forward to that i'm also looking forward to super monkey ball banana mania which is out next week or this week i think actually um so i'm going to keep a, a weather eye on that one and of course, Hot Wheels Unleashed, which is out this week. And you can read our review of that on thinkingers.net, uh, which went live today. So uh, yeah, maybe that's 13 games or 12 games, but there you go. So my my list of games. So I, I've separated them into confirmed and not confirmed. But again, I'll talk about that in two seconds. I'm going to run through the stuff because most people have mentioned most of it already. So Alan Wake Remastered, October 5th. Jet, The Far Shore, October 5th. Oof. We've got Pictures Anthology, House of Ashes, October 22nd. Solar Ash, October 26th. Guardians of the Galaxy, October 26th. Call of Duty Vanguard, November 5th. Jurassic World Evolution 2, November 9th. Forza Horizon 5, November 9th. Skyrim for the umpteenth time, November 11th. Shin Shin Meg... Yeah, that thing that Toby said that I can never pronounce, November 12th. Sherlock Holmes, Chapter 1, is November 16th. Beneath the Steel Sky is releasing on consoles on November 30th. Chorus is coming on consoles and PC and stuff on December 3rd. Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo game, um, it's coming on December 16th. And The Gunk is coming out in December, the Xbox exclusive thing Jiggy. And uh, Wales Interactive's new FMV game called Bloodshore is releasing in November. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the poster for that? It looks like, it looks like a Marvel movie. Yeah, it, I like I like the tone that they're taking with this one. I really like the look of this. Mm. It looks batshit insane. And, and it does. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. I also but, would have gone for the gunk, but again, I couldn't find a, a confirmed date for that. 
I know that the last thing that they said was December, but again, I just want to, what I want to do is go through these things that are listed as 2021, but then talk about why. So I'll, I'll say it now, game development's weird now. And it's, you know, it's, it's, we've got COVID people working from home, working remotely. And I don't think a lot of people can put a definitive date on things anymore. And I know just, just in September. So I write this indie game list every month. And for September, there was 25 games on the list at the start of September. And within a day of me publishing that, there were three more games that should have been on that list that weren't on the list announced and dated. So it's we're, we're in a weird time where people are announcing dates, release dates two weeks away from their release because it's done now and it, it's going out the door. I just think a lot of these games are announced for 2021. I think some of them will definitely slip, but I think so many games are going to be trying to avoid going into what is turning into be like the first six months of probably the best year of gaming for a long time. If you look at what's coming out in Q1 and Q2 for next year, it's insane. There is not a week that's there that you go, yeah, I could release an indie game there because it would get crushed. So I think most of these are going to try and hit 2021. And they are Dodoin, Martha is Dead, Endling, Heavenly Bodies, Nor, that game where you play with food, which looks really cool, Little Devil Inside, Aeon Must Die, if that ever comes out and is actually still in development. Atomic Heart, uh, Anno Mutationum, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, we're definitely getting that on PS5 as a, as a beta. Yeah. Boundary, that first person used to in space. There was a new trailer for that today. Oh, so, man. God, that thing disappeared for a while, didn't it? Well, I mean, they did the EGX before the end times. Um, yeah, you played it at EGX before, before the world imploded didn't it yeah it was like weeks before we were like okay we'll yeah. sit down now <laughs> <laughs> um but again they, they they are a chinese developer and from you know following them on twitter it was like everything shut down yeah they, they weren't able to do anything so but they are now back in and they've got a new trailer out sweet man if you don't know it's a it's a fps in zero gravity and it looks wild if you fancy hearing me and greg gush wildly about this game there is a podcast from EGX somewhere in this listing on whatever service you're listening to this on where me and Greg just talk about it for like 10 minutes because it's so fucking good. Mm. And that was, you know, almost two years ago. No, more than two years ago. Fuck me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Squadron 51, that cool uh, 1950s aesthetic style flight simulator game. Um, oh, yeah. Way to the Woods, the game where you play as the deer. A Braid Anniversary Edition. That game cannot miss this year, else it won't be the Braid Anniversary Edition. <laughs> Braid, almost the Anniversary Edition. We missed it, though, edition. <laughs> um, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, which has been delayed like five times now. Open Roads, if that's going to hit this year. Happy Game, which is creepy, but awesome. Echo Generation, Fall Back. Again, Bloodshore. Fear Effect, Reinvented, which has been in development since 2017, so I've, I think it's going to come out this year. Uh, Son of the Forest, the sequel to The Forest. Serial Cleaners, Let's Build a Zoo. I'm going to stop there because this list goes fucking on forever. But this, I, I honestly think that some of these are going to hit this year. And, you know, the big guys didn't turn up. You know, none of, none of the big publishers have turned up with, with, you know, we've got like a handful of releases. But honestly, imagine that everyone is looking at like November, December and going, this could be our time, you know. People it would be lovely like if it. that was the case. You know, like there's all this space for loads of indies to suddenly just pop up at the beginning mm. of December. That'd be great. I, I just is... think that 
it's, it's Far Cry, Halo, Forza, COD, Battlefield 2042. Is that not enough? That's November, that enough? though. Riders Republic. That's all yeah, November. Yeah, but it's, it's all in it's all in the same window. The, the problem is they're all really, I mean, I say this in like the nicest possible term, but they are niche AAA games. You know, like if there, there are a ton of people, like a massive chunk of people that don't play racing games and don't play first-person shooters. But there are tons of people that do. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like, they, are they going to get through the entire year on just the first-person shooters and racing game? Just you watch me play Halo all year. Oh, I, fuck, I know you're going to be playing. Like, <laughs> what's your game of the week, Ross? It's 2024. It's Halo Infinite. <laughs> Halo Infinite. <laughs> Season 22. It's amazing. But you have, but at that point, I will say, but you did put down Fortnite. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> still I'm doing angry. the daily challenges. I'm angry at Fortnite at the moment. Yeah, I'm still I'm doing the it. daily challenges every day. And then yeah. I go on to Halo Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you angry at Fortnite? Uh, you know when I was like praising the XP leveling up system in this season? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it anymore. No, it's crap on it. I got really, I got really high, like very, very quickly. I thought this is awesome, and then it just died. And then they cut the XP leveling up in half because everyone was leveling up too quickly. And I was like, oh, well, f- fuck you, Fortnite! I'll only play you for fifteen minutes a day now. <laughs> only fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh, what a threat that is! <laughs> I managed to knock out my daily challenges today in eight minutes, and then I turned it off. What? I mean, is this is this Stockholm syndrome? Are you okay? I don't know anymore. I need to stage an intervention. Just take <laughs> away his uh, copy of Fortnite. I've had a weird year. I don't know where I am, what I'm doing. <laughs> this is like the end of Fight Club. You are now waking up. I've oh, been God. in a weird place. <laughs> Maybe I'm still in surgery. Maybe Greg's still standing over me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when you look outside, do you wonder if there's a boundary that's coming closer and closer and closer towards you? Oh my God, I'm on the island. <laughs> just all the time anyway sorry Sean please carry on oh no I was finished okay uh, well yeah I mean there's there's loads of stuff coming out it's a very exciting end of the year and of course the beginning of next year is going to be absolutely insane as well and like Sean said 2022 is going to be wild so yeah you should probably save some money now because we're going to be buying games I think <laughs> probably every two weeks well at least Sean is anyway uh, alright then let's get into our favourite things and this time this is a bit Random, but I was watching a video on YouTube about old uh, video like Mega Drive SNES games, and they were talking about licensed video games from that era. And um, I was like, huh, that could be a a favorite thing. So this week, our favorite thing is our favorite licensed game from the 16-bit era. So SNES, Mega Drive. Because, you know, whenever I think of that era, I think of those bizarre movie tie-in games that they released, and all the good ones and all the bad ones. And so, uh, yeah, I thought I'd throw this one out. Um, these favorite, these favorite segments are getting very obscure now because I'm running out of uh, topics. But here we go. This is my one for this week. Uh, so, uh, Kat, do you have a favorite licensed game from the 60 bit era? I do. I do. I have two. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Sega was like my first, probably my first console. Um, I was really young, and I, I thought you would say Sonic. So I've tried to think outside the box for my. Well, Sonic's not a licensed game. Sonic's an IP owned by Sega. Well, there you go then. So then I wouldn't obviously say Sonic. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> and now I'm like not. Sh- I'm pretty sure I can say what I need to say. Okay. Um. So I was going to go for Castle of Illusion with Mickey Mouse. That is a licensed game. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
That game was hard as balls, man. But I remember you get you get one spirit point. I get for one that? more spirit point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that game was hard as balls, and I remember consistently trying to play it. And I probably was only about five, and it, I don't know if it was just a hard game. Or if if it was because I was five, I'll have to go back and play it. Um, but obviously, the, the license they were going to remake it, and the license ran out. Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, so that game was incredible. I remember, I remember it being just really, really difficult, and I remember having to go through the levels. And I, I can only really properly remember about three, le- three levels where I was like, I think I got through that. And they were like little apples you had to collect and pick up, and oh, it's just a hard game. It's just really hard. Mm. Um, I watched my, I used to watch my family member, my family member who owned Sega, my auntie, she was probably in her 20s at the time, and I used to watch her play it, and I used to obviously try and Sorry. replicate. <laughs> I was just giggling to myself then when you said, I used to watch my family member play it, and I was like, who refers to the other people in their family? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bit weird, my bad. Um, uh, my yeah, family no, members. My family member, <laughs> my family member who was named Sharon. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I used to watch my auntie play it, and um, and she was only kind of yeah, I, I'm five, so but I do remember it being really hard. I do remember I'm loving it, and I remember you know being really enamoured by the fact that Mickey Mouse was in my TV and I could control him. So that's that's. that's I mean, I don't think it. There are these license games were tough as balls back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it was because we were young. I mean, I played. They recently, uh, not recently, but like a year ago, they released they re-released the Lion King and Aladdin in yeah, this collection. Those games were ridiculous. And those games can ridiculous. still fuck off. You yeah, know? yeah. They're no, I actually balls. didn't get that on purpose because that, like, especially the Lion King can fuck off. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I actually replayed Castle of Illusion when I was about nineteen because I got I got a Game Gear. I got the Game Gear back. Um, nice. And yeah, it was really cool. Except I found it when I was moving out the other day. It doesn't turn on, and it just does this like fragmented, bitty screen, and I'm really <laughs> sad. You um, killed me. I killed you. You didn't play me, um, or you played me too much. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think I replayed it when I was about nineteen. I got it again, and it's still fucking hard. Mm, yep. Still fuck that shit. There was uh, a there was a remake on the Xbox 360. Yes, there was. It was in 2016, wasn't it? And yes. Yeah, that was that was much easier. I didn't get to play that one, but. Yeah. Yes, I do remember that. But yeah, that's that's me. Great choice. Great Thank choice. Thank you. Uh, Sean Davies. Okay. I can't decide between two, so I'm going to give you them both. All right. I'm not going to go into why. Okay. Uh, it's Batman <laughs> Forever. Wow. Or, or Robocop versus Terminator. Ooh. Both of them were tough as fucking all balls, and um, I enjoyed them both immensely as yep. a kid. I don't understand... Um, why they don't make games like this anymore? You know, give me the cheapest, nastiest movie tie-in you possibly can. Just throw them at me. Yeah, the problem is now they try and make them good, don't they? Oh, I missed the day when it would just churn out any old shit. Yeah. Back in the PS3 days, right, the amount of platinum trophies I've got from Megamind, Up, um, fucking Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the platinum trophies for all the movie tie-in games. Give me more movie tie-in games, industry. Uh, oh. But these, these two were great. These are... Like genuinely good side-scrolling games. Uh, I don't know if you remember Batman Forever, but it was awesome. And um, Robocrop versus Terminator was one of those games that I spent too much time playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, it was one of those games that, like, 
really got under my skin. And uh, eventually when I did finish it, it was like finishing Dark Souls style <laughs> of, of feeling good. So I am invincible. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they were my games. Nice. Good job. Uh, Miles. Um, I'm kind of going to expose myself for being a naive and ignorant youngster, but I never really played a lot of 16-bit games because I was kind of too young at the time. Um, oh, God play... damn it. Oh, God. Ew, go away. <laughs> Get out. Oh, my, I, did, my soul. I did play Mortal Kombat. I have played the original. That's not a license. I know, but it's the only one I've played. Just give it to me. Wow. Get out. All right, you're on a timeout. Yeah, you can just skip me, to be you're honest. You're I've, I've got nothing to really contribute to this, I'm afraid. Oh, that makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Sorry. Good lord. Uh Toby, can you save this save this one? Yeah, you've actually mentioned my choice. Um, so it's Aladdin. Oh wow. Did you play yeah. the recent release? So um there's a few things around this. I, I, I haven't played it yet. And I was wondering, I, I was literally looking at some videos about it just earlier before we started this podcast. Mm. Thing is, with back in the day when all these when when these tie-ins and and licensed games came out, you'd get actually one. It said it was one game, like it said Disney's Aladdin has come out on all these systems, but it was always made by different developers, right? So yeah. there was actually three or four different versions of Aladdin, and there were three or four different versions of The Lion King, and there were a bunch of versions of a number of the other ones that we've mentioned. You know, so I really liked the Disney's Aladdin that was on the Mega Drive, right? Yes. So the Mega Drive one was animated by actual Disney animators. It was wonderfully put together and I think programmed by Virgin. And Is that why you one... went up the like market stores and then you rode the carpet? Yeah. Yeah. That in it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you could you could use your sword, you could throw there was apple collecting stuff. You could bounce say you on camels. Yeah. Bounce on that camel when he spits and all that kind of shit. So it was great fun, that one. And it was so well animated that it was just really kind of amazing for its time if you play the snes one it feels very different it's a very different game it doesn't feel the same it doesn't get and it's not animated the same it's got a whole different feel to it um Mm -hmm. and there's and there's a game boy version as well which is um anyway i I was looking on these videos all three versions (laughs) are in that re in that re-release yep they are all of them Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet. So actually, I might need to look this up um, and, and find it now because, yeah, the, um, the, the it's Aladdin is probably one of the very first games I ever played. So I remember talking to you guys about the actual first game I ever played, which was Mario. But um, I had a friend at primary school, we're talking at this point, um, who had a Mega Drive, and I didn't have a Mega Drive, and he had Aladdin. I went around his house one time for a little play date when you're at primary school. Was this um, was this before Mars was born? Probably. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, um, and and yeah, just played through. We were both absolutely shit, and the game is incredibly hard. And um, we probably just played the first level, the the market stall that um, Kat says. Um, just played that one over and over again because we couldn't get any further. But the <laughs> um, the game's amazing and. I'd love to go back to it. I really would. Yeah, well, the um, the package is the Aladdin Lion King one is getting re-released soon with the Jungle Book included. Oh, even better. Um, really but cool. if you already have the Aladdin Lion King package, you can get the Jungle Book for nine ninety nine. That's a nice thing. I have this. I'm going to get this. Yeah, me too. I fucking love the Jungle Book, man. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, so yeah, Al- 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 Aladdin's a great choice. I mean, Aladdin and the Lion King are classics. and they. I was also looking so, into it earlier. So tough. And uh, Aladdin is the second or third highest selling game on the Mega Drive. 
which I didn't realize. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. What, behind Sonic and behind Sonic, Sonic, I guess? Literally yeah. Sonic 1 and 2. I think it's the yeah. third behind those, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was huge at the time. I remember back in the day. It's just because um, it's actually a licensed game that wasn't shit. It was, it was yeah, pretty it was awesome. Just, um, well, my choice is quite hilariously. Um, I wrote down Castle of Illusion and Robocop versus Terminator. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. Castle of Illusion is a great shout. I played that at a very similar time, and it was just, it has ingrained in my memory just how impossible it was to play. It was just, yeah. it was, it was and tough it was as really balls. unforgiving when you died. Yeah. It was mm. so yeah. unforgiving. You'd have to go roll all the way back to the beginning, but for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aladdin, that was, Aladdin was awful for that as well. Yeah, um, I mean, the camel spat at you. Oh, just yeah. annoying. I mean, the new ones have the new ones have uh, rewind options. So if you yeah, know you can skip to die, any section oh. as well, you can just go back. Oh my god! And in the Lion King, you know that I can't wait to be king scene. They have that in that game. You they do. jump on all the animal mouths, and it's just. I remember that being so hard. I never. It's I don't think I ever got past so it. So hard. It's so hard. I fucking Fuck hate off, it. Disney. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never beaten Aladdin ever, and I've. No, I got. Neither. I got as far as Aladdin being in the Cave of Wonders and I can't get out. What? Can't get out of the Cave of Wonders because I can't get past because the fucking carpet doesn't go fast enough to not be hit by fire. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Have you beaten Aladdin, John? Have I beaten Aladdin? Have you beaten Aladdin? I beat you on the Mega Drive. Oh, my God. You must, you, my, you must have been my age when you've done that as well. That's so annoying. Yeah, but let's be honest, I had no social life as a kid. It was just me and my Mega Drive. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't own any of these consoles at the time, so the only time I ever got to play them was at friends' houses. My first console was PS1, which is a whole generation later. I mean, Miles' Miles first console was the PS4, was it? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's just not very nice. It was the N64 and PS1, leave me alone. God, my first console was the fucking Master System. Oh, I hate myself. So yeah, oh, I can't believe you beat Aladdin. That's a huge thing. You should be you should be screaming that from the rooftops. Yeah, I beat Lion King too. Oh my god! Oh, nice. <laughs> Very nice. But, but what what really fucks me off? Amazing. Is when, I, when I played the remake, that whole can't wait to be king part, I almost threw my control at the TV mm. <laughs> because there's one particular giraffe that flings you off the end where you roll down its back. <laughs> it flings you off its tail, yeah. and and fuck, could I get that? And then the monkeys throw you around like a basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my and god, I, I haven't even played the new version, and I remember that from the old version. And I swear to Christ, I was like, I did this as a child. Why am I struggling now as a thirty-three-year-old man? What is wrong with me? Yeah. So we should yeah. do in these days get a, get a license thing and then just throw it at six different developers. You kind of each one makes the game for a different system. Do you know what I mean? And to see what happens. Because mm. those games are, they're so different when you play the Mega Drive version to the SNES version, for example. And we're all remembering, we're all remembering one version, probably the Mega Drive one, so it's going by what people are saying. But imagine if they did that with like, you know, Aliens now, and then they just had a, Aliens on PS4 is a completely different game to Aliens on Xbox. Do, do you know, there's, there's a really great, um, like thread on Twitter from a developer called Shahid Ahmed. Who he's basically called it Code is Just. And it's basically he he ported some um like ZX Spectrum games to other consoles and and it's about how he got um oh god, what's the game? Anyway, he he was singularly responsible for porting a game from um the Spectrum to 
I think it was the Mega Drive or something. And he basically did it powered on coffee. And some of the hacks that he had to do, if you get if, if you find this thread, it's like 80 tweets long, but he's turning it into a podcast. And I think it's going to turn into some kind of book and movie because it's so fucking good. Um, but you understand why the differences are because he's the, the way that he was like having to put together this game was like reading code off paper that he'd written down from a different computer because the computers were too fucking slow to actually build while he was programming the game as well. Wow. So you yeah. can understand yeah. why there's differences. I mean, at the time, I mean, it's different art as well as different code. It's just a different game. Yeah. It's, mm. if, if you get a chance, definitely give that thread. Ah, but it... Shahid Kamal Ahmed. Um, yeah, he's, he's a great he's follower as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's eight, <laughs> eight threads long now. Um, wow. But it's, it's turning it into a podcast. I'm, it's going to be brilliant. Everyone should get, definitely go and give that thread a, a, a read on Twitter because it's, just amazing for sure for sure uh right then let's get into our recommendations this as well we've seen something throughout the week that we like and want to share it with you our dear listeners could be a game could be a movie could be a tv show could be a book could be a funker pop could be a cuddly toy who knows it could be absolutely anything i'm going to start with miles thompson uh so mine's a bit more of a an outlier one i've spoken about this before but i'm a big fan of the berserk manga or manga or get closer to your microphone oh is it is it, is it better? there he is there, you there, there we go sorry <laughs> um mine's the berserk manga or manga or however you're meant to say it i don't actually know um so as a lot of people know the author kantara miura actually died uh, a couple of weeks to a month ago i think it was um which was really tragic because where the story of berserk has gotten to is in like a real like there's loads of really intense kind of story threads that have kind of just been left completely in the lurch. Um, and they've started to release a kind of deluxe version where all of the uh, panels and all of the kind of strips of it are all kind of collated into this really cool kind of leather hard book um, kind of series. And there's 10 of them in total. And I bought the first one and I've just ordered the other two. Um, so I've got up to three. They're all quite expensive. So I'm going to have to do it in chunks. But it's just absolutely beautiful. Some of the artwork, I've never been into like anime, manga type stuff or manga, whatever um, type stuff ever before. But I played the Berserk and the Band of the Hawk game um, a couple of years ago and I got really into it from there. Kind of delved a little bit into the adaptations they made into the anime. And then I finally decided to commit myself to actually seeing the original thing as it's meant to be seen. And the artwork is just absolutely stunning. And the story is just incredibly detailed. Um, the way he was able to kind of build the characters and just convey so many really kind of fucked up themes, but in a really kind of human and empathetic way, which is really odd considering it's a really screwed up, gory, brutal uh, universe that they exist in. Um, but I've been really, really enjoying it and I'm looking forward to building out the whole collection. And I thought it was probably a more unique recommendation I've made. So yeah, that'll be mine. Go check it out. It's well worth looking up. Awesome. Thanks, man. I shall. Uh, Toby. Toby. Um, I don't really have a recommend. Not one worth saying. I, I've started watching a trailer. Sorry. I started watching a film that I'd recommended the trailer of a few weeks back um, called The Green Knight, but I'm only halfway, half an hour through, so I can't say it's good or bad yet. Do you recommend the first half an hour? I don't want to recommend a film based on only half an hour. Um, I would say that if anyone was interested in The Green Knight, based on what I'd said before, it is suddenly appeared on Amazon Prime for free. Um, so you should check it out. Um, 
but I can't tell you whether it's good or bad yet. I'm only half an hour in, and my my little baby keeps just getting like uh, distracting yes. me, and uh, you know, Ugh. starting to cry and things like that. And I, I literally sat down to to feed him earlier, and I thought I'll put the film on. I'll, I'll watch half an hour while I do this feed and things. And he just got, you know, he got in a tears about stuff, got the hiccups, things like this, and just I didn't, I didn't get anything watched. Nothing. Yeah, I think so, I think this, the uh, studio got a bit scared about it being released in cinemas so soon so amazon bought the rights kind of straight away i see yeah sorry sean i just, I just want to say thank you toby for being such a um a great critic for not recommending a game or, or like a, a movie or a game on half an hour's worth of, of content <laughs> it's real refreshing after you shouldn't do it <laughs> <laughs> you know you shouldn't you shouldn't write a review after i'll be playing a third of a game or watching a third of a movie it's it just shouldn't happen no. You know what I mean? No, it's true. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Sean, what do you recommend this week? Um, Netflix. Hey! Just go, go watch Netflix. <laughs> go watch Netflix. They are on fire right now. Uh, Sex Education Series 2. Awesome. Fucking series brilliant. 3, wasn't it? The new one? Oh, series 3, whatever it mm. was. Um, uh, Midnight Mass is fucking brilliant. Um, I'm not going to spoil that, but if you like spooky, weird stuff, go watch that. Um, Squid Game, which is just fucking brilliant. It's like a Zero Escape um, TV show set in Korea. Phenomenal. Like, genuinely started watching it at 7 o'clock. At 1am, I am jumping up and down in front of my TV. And I do not get animated about, like, TV or movies normally. (laughs) But I am jumping up and down. Hmm. And uh, finally... um, uh, Alice in Borderland, which is again uh, a Japanese show, which is kind of like a zero escape game, um, but more far more brutal than um, you might be expecting. But just fucking Netflix is on fire. Well done, Netflix. Awesome. Nice. Well done, Netflix. Cat, uh, your recommendation for the week? Um, my recommendation. Well, first of all, I cannot wait to watch Squid Game. I've been on Twitter and I've had to avoid every single thing about that because it's trending like crazy loads of people have said it um so my my recommendation is a little bit out there um and it's not sponsored by them but if they do want to sponsor us then feel free to sponsor us um and that's HelloFresh. so i am a sucker for portion size <laughs> and this is so strange to talk about in a gaming podcast but uh, <laughs> but i i really am so i will like you know like when you get fajitas you get box fajitas and they're like subs for no, it fucking doesn't. It serves two because I've eaten four of them. <laughs> um, so, like, the Harry Bow, where they're like, oh, serving size of... T-. No, that, it's all for me, okay? And so um, uh, they do great discounts for like the first four weeks. Uh, you can save like 15 quid a week off. Um, and they're really good. You choose all your meals and they literally give you the exact ingredients because I'm also a sucker for buying say like if I want a curry I buy all the ingredients and then I don't use said spices again for like say like another two months or another three months and they're just stuck in my cupboard or you know I've got spinach wilting in the bottom of my fridge it's just not the one but with HelloFresh they literally and the portion size is actually really good at first I bet you know when you're eating you know fajitas that you definitely should be sharing with somebody you know it's a bit much to, to, to actually get used to at first but actually it is it's really helpful because 
yeah it's just been really really handy to know what you're having for dinner and you don't have to have this consistent argument with yourself about it there's been a couple of misses there's been a couple of times where they've forgotten an ingredient lucky i luckily i've had um maybe like a spice or um something something like that but actually what i've i've only kind of done two or three weeks of them but it's really fun to choose your meals um you get it delivered on on whatever day you want and you get it delivered at whatever time window you can choose from that's it then you get little menus and you just choose what you want it's great nice yeah, so if you're looking for, you know, a bit of a chat, and also it's really good for anybody who um, has the same meals every week. So, like, if you always have spag bowl on a Wednesday or you always have, like, pasta bake on a Thursday or whatever, it's really good for just switching up. It just kind of invites a little bit more. And once you know how to cook it, you can get out and make it yourself. But it's good for, mm. you know, having more kind of, I guess, adventurous meals and not wasting any food. And yeah. it's about 40 quid a week, mm. which is what you'd spend anyway at a shop for, like... Yeah, for meals. I don't know. Anyway, mm. that's me. I used HelloFresh for a while at one point. Did you like it? Yeah. yeah. Me and Meg's kept, we've kept all of the, um, well, the, menu all the cards. recipe cards. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. we make the ones we liked. Yeah. There was a couple of misses where you think, oh, that would be really nice. And you get there and you're like, oh, it's fine. And then there's a couple of things where you think it would be really plain. And you're like, oh, it's banging, actually. Um, it is yeah. good for all the reasons you said. Yeah. That, that's my recommendation this week. I know that uh, HelloFresh do sponsor a lot of podcasts. So they hey do. guys, they do. So, hey guys, how's it going? Big fans over here. Love what you do. Love what you do. Love <laughs> eating what you serve. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Fresh. Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, my recommendation is um, a EP that's on Spotify. It's not mine. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> uh, the Last of Us Part Two just put up a um, a little thing called uh, covers and rarities which is all basically all of the songs that are sung in The Last of Us 2 by Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson. Um, and so it's really cool. Uh, so they've got Troy's version of Future Days that he sings as Joel. Um, Through the Valley, which you'll remember from the very first Last of Us 2 trailer. Um, Ashley Johnson's version of that is on there. And of course, Take On Me is on there as well, which is just beautiful to listen to again. So good. So good, Greg. It's really good, actually. And uh, yeah, True Faith, which is from one of The Last of Us 2's TV adverts, I believe. Um, Ashley Johnson sings that as well. Um, there's only five tracks on there. It's a lovely little listen, just under 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, if you were looking for a way to listen to those songs again, then that's a brilliant way of doing it. So go check it out. It's really, really nice. And uh, I've listened to it a couple of times today. And it's great. Ashley Johnson needs to release an album. I'm just going to say that right now. Make it happen. Ashley, you know you want to. Uh, right then. That is it, ladies and gentlemen. Although all that's left is, of course, out this week. So, do you want me Toby. to choose my favorite games out of this week? Yes, it's <laughs> the games that Toby wants to play this week, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome, we're back, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, starting tomorrow, um, or the day this pod go- podcast goes live, um, which is today, then for anyone listening, oh, just rubbish, aren't I? At this kind of thing. Um, so, I'm starting on September 28th. Let's start with that. Away the survival <laughs> series. I'm just talking to myself now. You're out of practice, um, man. You're out of practice. Okay. <laughs> so the first one I'm going for is Away the Survival Series. Um, basically, this is a a little sort of third person, but I say third person, what it is is third animal game, right? So you play as a whole bunch of little animals, mainly a flying squirrel. Um, and it's sort of a nature documentary as a game. Um, you go around and live your life as the little flying squirrel. You can be bugs and and eagles and things as well. And um, lots of them get sort of flying tricks and the flying squirrel obviously can glide places, but it's just really sort of, you know, 
a high end for for an indie game and um, looks really sweet. Um, that is coming out on PC and PS4 on September 28th. So I gave too much information about that one, didn't I? Um, Harvest Moon's new Harvest Moon game coming out on 20, uh, September 28th as well. I know Cat likes her farming games. Maybe you go for Harvest Moon One World. Um, but it's coming out on Xbox, so you might need an Xbox. Uh, <laughs> yeah, play this oh, game. Tony, oh, wait. I know I need an Xbox. Okay? <laughs> remind me every I'm just week. making it fair because it was miles we got before. Um, <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> uh, Ghost Runner is coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X on the same day as well. Um, it's a big multiplayer uh, game that made live or die um, called Lemnis Gate um, coming to PC and Xbox Series X. Um, quite a lot on uh, September 28th. In Sound Mind that Miles was talking about at the top of the hour, um, that's coming out on September 25th as well, PlayStation 5 and PC. Um, Chernobylite is one that's coming to PS4 and Xbox One. If you're interested in the Outer Wilds, um, Echoes of the Eye stuff that, that, that they um, teased at uh, a recent show. One for Miles uh, there. That's coming out on PC and PS4. No, it is not. <laughs> and then... Uh, the massive Amazon game, New World, um, is actually got a proper release date on September the 28th as well. So that comes to PC. Um, it's just a game, it's just a day for absolutely shed loads of games, basically. Mm. Um, Unmetal, um, is that one that Andy's reviewing? Yes. That comes out on September 28th as well, PS4 and PC. And that weird little Kiwis game where the Kiwis are doing postal service. It's literally called Kiwi. We, I'm not sure why, why it's written in a different way than Kiwi, um, but that's coming to PS5 and PS4 as well. That's all on the same day, folks. Crazy. Um, September 29th, A Juggler's Tale is coming to PC and PS4. And I think we have a review coming for that from Kat. Uh, September 30th, uh, Astria Ascending is a... Pretty, pretty cool art style RPG coming to Xbox uh, Game Pass uh, and PC and PlayStation 5 as well. And Unsighted, that was the other one I was looking for. Uh, Unsighted is coming to Game Pass um, as a sort of um, cool sort of pixel art game um, that looks pretty sweet, pretty sweet. Also coming to PC and Switch. September 30th also sees the release of Hot Wheels Unleashed, um, which uh, Greg's review mm. has just hit the site. Um, and can I give a spoiler? No. Oh, okay. Go to the website. Case, go. You have to go to the website. Give me them hits. I want them you hits. You have to read the review for yourselves, but oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, I, think, I think that's it. Apart from one more. One more. Uh, which is September 30th as well. Uh, Zhuan Yuan or Zhuan Yuan Sword 7 is coming to PS4 and Xbox One. There will be a review from me uh, on September 30th when that drops. Uh, and then we hit October. Um, that best, well, probably my, my opinion, the best Lego game, uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes, uh, is coming to Switch um, on October 5th. So that is the absolute outside of this next week. Um, but um, that was my favorite Lego game. do about you guys. Controversial. And that's it. Fantastic. Uh, is FIFA 22 is on October 1st as well, I believe. Eh. I know it's not a game that you <laughs> want to play. It was games I'm interested in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I apologize. All right. If you're interested, inter interested in a massive game that is coming out on October 1st, yes, FIFA 22 is coming out. Indeed. There. Getting very mixed reviews. 
Very mixed reviews today. Can, can you believe that not a single person went for financial unfair play based on the microtransactions this year? Not a single website. I had it written in my head. And not a single <laughs> website has used financial unfair play. I don't know what reference you're making at all. Well, so, okay. <laughs> no, Sorry. It's the... If you have to explain some crazy bit of football law to me, I, I'd no. No, it's more the history of FIFA and the horrendous usage of uh, loot boxes and microtransactions. And uh, yeah, yeah. you're making a comment about something financial unfair yeah, play. Like so the unfair play bit doesn't make sense to me. There's a there's a rule in football that you can't spend more money than you're making um, as a club, ah. and it's called the financial fair play rule, the FFP. And um, yeah, well, basically, it, the the FIFA's rife with microtransactions once again. So yeah, the Yuri Gamer review was like, yeah, the gameplay's all right. It's fine, but the microtransactions are really bad. And they just basically went on a huge rant about the microtransactions in, in the review. It's not really a review. It's more just getting angry about the microtransactions. And so they gave it a very bad score. But VGT gave it four out of five. So, you know, it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I played, I was in the closed beta uh, about a month ago. And it was fine. Much better than 20 and 20 and, and, and 19. Definitely. But um, yeah. Huh? I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to play it because it, like it looks so much the same. I know they keep talking mm. about this hyper motion technology everywhere it is, but it just looks the same. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you've got Game Pass Ultimate, you can download the trial on EA Play. So if you want to try you know it out, what? that's worth doing. That would mean you know, spending on my Xbox one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, true. Is there anything out on October fourth? No. Okay. Uh, Grant, thank you very much, Tobes. No problem. Right, <laughs> you good. thought I was going to pause there, didn't you? I did. Uh... Yes, scamp. Well, that does bring an end to this week's Finger Guns podcast. Oh, it's been a long one, isn't it? Goodness me. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you do want to follow the site, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just follow the link tree in the description below. You'll find us in all the places. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us individually with our, through our handles in the description below. Also, if you do want to pay a dollar a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. All right. But that's it from us. It is goodbye from In Sounds Miles. Farewell. It is goodbye from Toby of Arise. Sayonara. It is goodbye from Cat Raider. GTFN, guys. It is goodbye from Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> that was nice and easy to say. Bye. Wow. <laughs> Such an enthusiastic farewell. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. I have been Roscoe Peaks. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns podcast.